This episode of Radio Techers is brought to you in part by Trip Surfer Vacations. Travel is opening up again, and we know you're ready to go. Trip Surfer Vacations has great all-inclusive packages for your next beach vacation and all the info you need to know about your next trip. So whether you're headed to the Cancun, Cozumel, Cabo, or the Caribbean, Trip Surfer Vacations has you guys covered. We even have partnerships for European adventures as well. So we know you're ready to go. Visit TripSurferVacations.com and let them know that Radio Techers sent you. Y'all have fun out there. Good evening, one and all. How are we doing? As you can already see, Mr. Mags is still away on a highly important international beetroot seeking mission. So joining me as last week is Mr. Mags. I a typo on Twitter. <laughs> no, no, no. <laughs> I do like a good beetroot, you bet. Well, there you go. He's out there seeking, he's seeking the best light for us, Matt. He's seeking the best light for us. That's what he's hey. doing. Always in our thoughts, Mr. Mags. We love you a bit. Can't wait for your glorious, glorious return. However, in the meantime... Think you can tell me what to do? Know who you're talking to? Good afternoon, good evening, good morning, wherever and whenever you may be listening or watching from. This is Chain Wrestling with Not Mags and Sai, a Radio Techers production. I am Sai, and with me for the second week running is the Mat Attack. To my potential heart attack, it's been a heavy weekend, my diet sucks, oh my goodness. The European title, to my need for subtitles, a podcaster who will always be the good cop on this show. Mr. Matt Willis, how are we doing this week, my friend? Kablam. I'm doing very well, thank you. So that one's for you, Magsy. Um, yeah, it's been a, it's been a bit of a quiet week, actually. To be really honest, yeah. Uh, I had the whole of Easter for the first time in 20 years. Oh, okay, nice. Do anything special for it, or just stay at home? Um, well, stayed at home mainly. Uh, I've I had I had the, the parents over this evening. Uh, they do went home about an hour ago now. Lovely uh, roast lamb. Roast lamb, roast potatoes, Yorkshire, you know, the full works. And they created a, did a custard cream cheesecake. Oh, nice. Okay. Oh, Bloody hell. Banging. Absolutely banging. Ah, sounds good, mate. Sounds good. I had a very quiet weekend. I was basically recording, editing, and researching, mate. And I bloody loved it. Did you do that in between watching Man United in the FA Cup? No. 
I did not because they weren't. No, in the they were in the I watched them against Norwich though. I want, even though they weren't on telly in this country, I watched them on, against Norwich in a slightly illegal way. But you know, it's got to be done. It's got to be done. Exciting game, mate. It was an exciting game. Yes, it was a it was a busy, busy uh, weekend of football, of course, which uh, we covered here on Techers, of course, for over the weekend. Shout out to Tanner for, for doing the uh, live watch long on and Chris Harris for that matter as well. Very Liverpool was, heavy that watch long one, wasn't it? I, I had it on Chris for a little Harris, while. Very, Chris very, Harris, very was, Chris Harris was on it as well, so it was all good. He ah, he was okay. a, he was our surrogate Magsy. Is good. that right? <laughs> well, you had an invite, but you're busy. Mate, I'm always busy. You won't believe how busy I am. You know, I got stuff coming out five days a week now. Mm, Make <laughs> me look small time now. <laughs> I don't know about that, mate. I don't know about that. Uh, so then, we have a lot to get through this week on chain wrestling. Before we, we get to the more, shall we say, light-hearted, smiley side of the show, we have something that. Every now and again pops up, people just act like dicks, and we got to kind of put them in their place. And for once, it's not me complaining. Pimple, dick alert! Oh, a teeny weeny. Spill the beans, Matty. He's pissed you off. I don't know who it is. Okay. That's the problem. Well, that, 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 that segment the was short-lived. <laughs> but, the, but that's the problem. But that's the problem. Um... As I mentioned on Good Cop, Bad Cop this week, um, there is somebody out there who is nameless, because we don't know who he is, the high behind a monitor. You know how these things are, unfortunately, nowadays. Someone pretending to be Liv Morgan on Twitter yes. and conned and managed to convince them, somebody, to uh, sell their house and send them all the money. Mm. Now, whoever is out there, first of all, you're worse than a pimple dick, but I won't use that word on this show. Um, but the sad thing is, is that um, Liv Morgan has actually tweeted out, she's had dozens of emails sent her way, um, saying that many people pretend to be her, um, trying to get money out of people, uh, which is, well, how you could do some of that in, beyond me, I'll be honest. And then you've got, bear in mind, Arizona, of course, she had that whip. Didn't she? She's walking down the ring about whip, whip. I mean, she, 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 her rear end looked amazing, WrestleMania. But she had this whip, and they auctioned it off for charity. They made over ten and a half grand. Yeah. So Liv Morgan is incredibly popular at the moment. I mean, she's getting pushed well. She's 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 over the crowd. Love her as well. I mean, she's a very attractive lady as well. No, no, mm-hmm. no, no, no doubt about it. The fact that somebody w- w- is using somebody without them knowing they're using them as well i mean this is this is just creepy and slimy and the definition of pimple dick yeah i agree and it's it's not a new phenomenon is it i think it's there's always been a, a, a certain con of that generation you're many years ago it was what was it the nigerian prince asking for your details so we can email you thousands of money and all this sort of stuff yeah any form of uh, any form of con artist doing that to people and and the big thing for me, don't, don't go wrong. Some of these people, if you think you're being contacted by Roman Reigns on Twitter or Instagram or whatever social media format it is, and let's break this down, Roman Reigns, Liv Morgan, whoever this this person is pretending to be, I'm going to word this very, very delicately now, their English is perhaps not as good as it appears when they're on television. Yeah. That should be a red flag right there, you know, <laughs> straight away. But... And also, if you if you if you're conned by these people half the time, you're an idiot yourself. Come on, wake up, pal, wake up. However, 
there are a lot of vulnerable people out there in the world yes who would believe that their hero is messaging them whether they are um mentally handicapped whether they've got all sorts of other issues out there and these people are getting preyed upon by by scammers by con artists and they're ripping them off and they have no idea what is happening and it's it's disgusting and that sort of thing those people need that they need seeking out they need um they need weaseling out of of the society basically if if anyone approaches you or messages you pretending to be certain celebrities for example my wife as she's saying in the chat right there she gets numerous messages all the time from roman reigns and jared leto apparently now you know (laughs) that's the way that's the way these people behave if these people are messaging you they need to be flagged up they need to be reported they need to be getting you know they need to get got shot of basically because my wife obviously intelligent enough to know not to send these buggers any money not that we've got any mm. spare money anyway however the next person they message might not be so switched on the next person they message might not be well they might be of a more vulnerable situation shall we say and it could destroy their lives so let's try and get these people reported and, and just banned from everywhere basically you know i think that's the only way that it, it can be dealt with matt this is the case i mean some people, but the thing is, as you say, some people don't even do their research properly because, as Scottish Danny, we'll get to the chat at the moment, guys, mm-hmm. um, saying some tend to be viscera and contacted him on Facebook in 2010. He died in 2009. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's not good luck, is it? Viscera yeah. in hiding. He's, he's living in the same block of flats as Elvis, you know? <laughs> yeah, there's, um, there's, there is some amazing comments in the chat already. We will get to you guys in a moment, but um, yeah, I'm. Uh, I just thought it was worthy of mentioning because, you know, the more people that hear about it, more people can spread the word. Just keep your eyes peeled, guys. And if you see someone being a dick, that's what the report button's there for. Report yeah. it as a scam. You can do that on Twitter and Facebook. Do it. Because you yeah, may just exactly. save someone's life, literally. <laughs> we exactly. found it this week. So let's have a quick scan through the chats then matt and uh see who's joining us and see who we need to say hello to this week cwf is, is lining up quite quickly already they all get they're all taking their seats quite early apart from one um uh, housewife dan griffin scottish danny um conor cave joined us quite early as well scottish danny's loving your shirt um oh, then, thank you very much and then they're and then they're all having a chat among themselves thanks for loan the tone morty um <laughs> brilliant it's not lowering the tone, mate. We're all about poo jokes on this show. Indeed. Um, uh, Dan Griffith asking how I had them. Well, I actually butchered it. I actually deboned the leg. And then I, I slow cooked it with rosemary, thyme, onion and garlic. I, for about eight hours, just, 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 oh, just beautiful. Oh, beautiful. It really was. I had a banging uh, cheese toasty earlier. Naughty, naughty. <laughs> I do, I do, to be fair, to be fair the humble cheese toasty I do like a good cheese toasty mate I, I'll tell you what, I'd eat it every day I get in from work and not now you, because you do mate oh alright steady on oh you're going to be as rude as you like with me <laughs> I get in from work and it's uh, you know it's, it's a couple of hours before the kids get in I like to sit down cup of tea cheese ham and red jalapenos Toasted sandwich, mm. banging. And you're, I, losing, I, I, you're losing me a bit of a jalapenos, but oh no, the red ones you get from Morrison's, mate. They're really sweet. They're lush. Okay, fair enough. Okay, fair enough. Um, and they got they're, they're flirting with each other. It seems like so I will make it six. Apparently, Uh yes. Morty is interested in recording a podcast of some description. Um, yeah, well, 
I'm not sure. I'm not sure. I, I'm interested in any ideas people put forward. I'll discuss anything, but I think the if it's five, five we'll do it. Babylon five, right? Uh, okay. See, Bob keeps banging on about Babylon. I've never seen it. So Star Trek. I've seen bits of Star Trek. I'm you know I'm, not I'm mad. Of, I'm mad. I'm currently obsessed with Star Trek Voyager. I'm now about twenty years behind, but I don't care. I'm loving it right now. Uh, oh, Sharon saying whoopsie late again. It's Monday night. You know what that means. <laughs> and people then praising the return of the uh, the pimple dick of the pimple dick um, sound effect. Dan Griffin saying exactly what it is all about right there. Absolute scum of the earth. Yes, indeed, indeed. Very quickly, Scottish Danny in the chat there saying about my shirt. I don't know if it's mm-hmm. still on, but it flagged up this week that if you go to the official Motorhead site, maybe via their Facebook, I'm not sure, all of their T-shirts had reduced down to like nine quid, ten quid. So it's well worth looking. They're normally like twenty quid a piece. So it's the, all the official merch and everything. So grab a look, grab a look, Scottish Danny, if you're interested, mate. Okay. Indeed, um, Scott, uh, Dan Griffin is saying uh, that lamb sound magic. Thank you, sir. And then Sharon backs me up here by saying you do eat it do. every day. I do eat it pretty much every day, yeah. I love it. Yeah, you look like you do, do you as well. So you've been the beer still, mate. Beer. <laughs> I um, know it's not, mate. I know it's not, because I brushed this through. Dan Griffin saying, careful, that's another Toast Fusion podcast, to which, um, <laughs> to which, <laughs> to which, to which Fitch says, yeah. Toast Division, yep. Awesome stuff. Awesome stuff. Okay. Thank you so much to everyone for joining us again this evening. It's it, This is why it's worthwhile, just having everyone there from the CW yeah. after talk. It's, 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 it's brilliant. It's, you know. and, and talk among yourselves. You can guys, guys, keep talking among yourselves. We'll come back and forth for you. Don't worry about it. We will indeed. Good. We will indeed. Before we go and rejoin them once again, though, Matt, I suppose we should take a couple of embarrassments to the wrestling world and chuck them into the old uh, chain wrestling hall of lane, shouldn't we? I, I think that's a good idea, mate. your Livy this week anyway how's her knee yeah she's all right she's been like to see her friend today her one oh, friend she's... pops over and sees her oh so... she's out now is she okay yeah well we got a field right opposite our house so she'll literally go and sit oh she'll cross the road and then sit down in the field <laughs> and she'll sit there and ch- so she's not really doing anything but she'll sit there and she'll chat with her so that it's good that she's getting out and seeing her mate and that but yeah you can see that she's frustrated because she can't do what she wants to do but it's part of the healing process bud it's part of the healing process it's all good. It's all good. Right, yes. sir. So am I going first or are you going first? Yeah, you crack on. You crack on. What you got for us, mate? Well, I was umming and ahhing this week because I was like, do I go for... Because it's always been wrestlers or gimmicks, hasn't it? But I'm wondering, can I tweak the rules slightly? Okay. Because I want to go for a... Uh, I'm going to go for a proper match in the Hall of Lame even. Okay. Can I, can I do that? Yeah, crack on. And anything... The whole gist of the Hall of Lame is literally anything that makes you cringe as a wrestling fan. In my okay. head, I in my head, I think of when I was younger. I'd be sat watching wrestling. My dad would walk in the room, and he wouldn't see Bret Hart. He wouldn't see Ric Flair versus Steamboat. He'd walk in halfway through Doink the Clown and just roll his eyes at me. That sort of cringe. <laughs> that, that's the yeah. that's the sort of mindset I have. So if if you've got a match that maps that criteria, crack on. Oh, I absolutely have, sir. I absolutely have. Um, I have. Decided, I've gone for. Um, I'm going to WCW, um, which is not a surprise for me, but. Um, there was a bit, a bit, bit one. There was something I could have gone for. I was tempted to go for the dog poo match, but I didn't go for it because it's just nasty. I couldn't read. I couldn't read about it. Just near 
<laughs> um, WCW at Uncensored 1995. Okay, we're fast approaching this on um, Nitro Nights. Yeah, we are indeed. Yeah, well, it's going to haul a lane. Dustin Rhodes versus the Blacktop Bully. Yeah. The Blacktop Bully being Smash of Demolition, but over on WCW, of course. And they are facing each other in the back trailer of a moving 18-wheeler in a King of the Road match. Yes. The winner was whoever rung a bell at the end of the moving trailer. <sighs> okay, where do I start with this? Um, the movement of the truck meant that they basically had to hold on to each other or onto the side to, to keep the match going. They're hitting yep. each other with hay bales and posts just to actually keep going. Um, Bobby Heenan and Tony Schiavone's commentary um, trying to encourage viewers to be excited for the match. Bobby Heenan even claimed it was going at 55 miles an hour. It was going five, maybe. <laughs> um, <laughs> the editing on this is terrible. In advance. I'm sorry, sorry, Scottish Johnny in the chat, but the editing on this is terrible. Um, it was clearly pre-recorded. And they shot the match that occurred at different times of day. Yeah, yeah. 100%. But not only that, but also the last time that um, S- Smash and uh, and Dustin Rhodes would wrestle in WWE in this period because they both bladed during the match and Turner fired them on the spot for violating a no blood rule. Yeah, they were told point blank, no blading, don't do it. And they just did it anyway. So that's how Dustin Rhodes ended up as Goldust in the WWF because he left and went across Ironic, to that. Ironic, isn't so, it, really? Mm, Ironic, yeah, isn't it? Is a bit. Ironic, this match... Hall of Worthy, as I think it is, means we've got one of the best gimmicks of all time. Yeah, and also, I mean, with, with Goldust, very much there's potential there for... Yeah, brilliant. There's potential there for Hall of Fame... Hall of Lame, sorry. Hall of Lame-esque actions with Goldust. However, oh, yes. it went on to be a real... Uh, a character that was around for so long, won numerous titles, was involved in various important storylines. You know, there were all sort of two sides to that character, I think. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah, definitely. Uh, okay, then. So, the what was the title of the match? It was the King of the Road match. King of the Road match. That's it. Yeah. King of the Road. That's right. Okay. Yeah. Brilliant shape. We'll take that, mate. We'll take that. What that is definitely lame worthy. Ah, see, mine is going back a few years earlier in the WWF. There was a guy by the name of Brady Bean who was basically an, an enhancement talent, as they called him. He was a, he was, he was a jobber on television and so on. Uh, but he was relatively athletic. He, he could do a backflip. He could do a little bit of martial arts. And the WWF, as it was at the time, came up with this idea for a character. And when they saw this guy, they thought, well, let's give him a chance. So they stuck him in the outfit that would go on to be, na- be known as Battle Cat. Now, for anyone who's not seen Battle Cat, it's basically it's just, a, just a guy in an ordinary wrestling singlet. Sort of Bret Hart-esque, I guess. Not, not the Mr. Perfect one with the shorts, but the one with the tights and the top of purple and orange colours. And then the only difference is, compared to a normal wrestler, is he's got a cat mask on and a paw print on his arse. That's the only difference. And he would spend, spend his matches doing the occasional backflip. He would climb to the top rope as part of his entrance and then really delicately just hop down again, which made it, made it look daft because you're expecting something spectacular and every now and again he'd throw he'd throw his hands up almost mimicking a cat displaying its claws 
or yeah, kind of like that, Matt. Yeah, like that. or yeah, like, or, like, like like a gay bear. Yeah, or kind of. It, it's almost like he wanted to go more martial arts based, but knew he had to throw this cat side of things into it. So he kind of went half and half with it. The interesting thing was Boone, <laughs> he wrestled in his, in his first televised match. He had various house matches in, in this role. And they, for some reason, they still thought after these, these non-televised matches, ah, great stuff. We'll chuck him on telly now. They didn't, you know, the, the, the bubble didn't burst after some dark matches, oddly enough. So we'll chuck him on telly. So his first TV match, he wrestled against a guy of the name Bob Bradley. Now, Bob Bradley was, again, similar size, build, and so on. And another enhancement talent. Boone left the company straight after the match. So you'd think, okay, that's another example there. Battle Cat gimmick is, is dead, isn't it? That's done. But no, they stuck with it. They doubled down on it. They looked at Battle Cat's opponent that day, Bob Bradley, and went, he's of a similar sort of size. I bet the gear will fit him. And they just chucked it on the guy he just beat. So Bob Bradley carried on as Battle Cat. <laughs> <laughs> Bear in mind, this is no, this this character was around from October until December. There are two different people playing the character, and he's supposed to be a cat. He went into a tag team with Coco Beware, who was the Birdman. Yeah, makes no sense at all. Eventually, no. he got he got squashed by the Barbarian on an episode of Wrestling Challenge or Superstars or something like that in December of 1990, and was never to be seen again. But yeah, I don't know why they stuck with that. But my entry into the Hall of Lane this week is Battle Cat. That is sensational. As always, there will be images up on the show's Twitter, at chain underscore wrestling, with the hashtag Hall of Lame, where you can see all of the Hall of Lame entrants in all of their, I suppose, glory is not the right term, but we'll give them that, I suppose, potentially. <laughs> but yes, you can see it there. You can see them there. So I'll quick check in with a the chat then, Matt, and we better get on. I don't, want to. Man, I don't, want, I don't want to. I've been keeping an eye on it. I don't want to, get, I don't want to get live into it. Okay, here we go then. Right, first of all, we've got to scroll back up because these guys, have, they, they, they stopped talking about sandwiches. They've got tuna melt toasties. Oh, tuna melts. Uh, banging. Yeah. Great shape, mate. Great shape. Yeah, but then they go on to, then they switch, they switch gears and they said it absolutely was wrestling. It was Toy versus Stacey and Lingerie match. It was on VHS, I want to say 2001. Absolutely. That's referring to uh, uh, Morty, Morty's mum walking in when he was watching wrestling. But they're good. Um, and now people are talking about um, Snow White. Uh, I believe this was a question from Dan Griffin asking if we've ever been attracted to. Oh, we, oh no, this is before we get to that bit. Oh, uh, okay. before. Yeah, but um, sorry, Danny saying I did class gold. I trade you. Oh my god! Good for just just for the audio people. We call it. Also, um, good about the um, the King of the Road match being terrible. Yeah, to be fair, seven was terrible. Black Rain was better, but yeah, he's he's had quite a few bad gimmicks, unfortunately. Morty can't get his head around Fitch being sexually attracted to two D cartoon Snow White. Uh, ben, talking about Jessica Rabbit. Talking about Jessica Rabbit. Fitch is very much enjoying that image. Thank you, Fitch. Yeah. Um, and now he's. It's like it's like you know. I'm I'm getting some uh, no Morty to answer question. I do not. What? Why? Dick dastardly. What? <laughs> oh dear, uh, Jessica Rabbit. I, I read an article about it a while back. There's a there was an actress in the. 
um i think it was the 50s or the or very early 60s um the date may be completely wrong but back in the mm. old sort of you know the proper glitz and glamour of the hollywood yeah. days and so on there was an actress that she was based upon so i can't remember the lady's name i'm sure if you google it it will come up but yeah so that there is actually a real life person who this this cartoon character was. Based I haven't on. got I haven't got the time or the energy to look it up. Oh no, I'm not going to say look it up now. I'm just saying yeah. if anyone fancies having a look themselves, you know. Yeah, well, that's in the order, people. Order, people. You you have fun with that for sure. <laughs> okay. And, uh, and mope, and I think they're all sitting down because I think it's time for us to uh, head to do that next thing we do. Then yeah, our non wrestling topic. Our non wrestling topic this week was. Kind of like Desert Island Discs, I guess, where people are picking their, their favourite albums to to keep you know, with them on Desert Island. But we, we opened it up a little bit. You can have one song, one TV episode, not a series, just one episode of a TV show, and one film. And that's it forever. That's it for the rest of your life. And we had some uh, quite interesting responses, as always. I mean, I found this incredibly difficult. And a few people did message in and say it was quite difficult, especially choosing the song having yeah. one particular song, but that's why I thought it was a good topic because it is tricky. We've had, we've had like, you know, one album for the rest of your life many, many months ago as our non-wrestling topic. Yeah. So, you know, one song I find very, very interesting. Uh, I'll run through them, Matt, in the order they arrived into us on the chain wrestling Twitter. That's brilliant, so, Griffin, by the way. I'm going to leave it there. real life Jessica Rabbit, it'll come up. Probably an accurate assessment. <laughs> fair play, mate. Fair play. It probably play, will. Uh, <laughs> you, just, you just won. But you just won. Okay, so who's up first, sir? Okay, it is Mr. Griffin himself, at DanGriffin21 on Twitter. He says, song... Bat Out of Hell by Meatloaf. Been listening to it since he was three and still not sick of it, so why not? Uh, TV show, he would take the Blink episode of Doctor Who, as discussed on the Doctor Who pod. Yeah, I mean, again, I, I do the Doctor Who pod with Dan Griffin, and yes. I loved it. I loved I loved Blink. I remember it being good at the time, but this is the first time I've watched it back since it aired, I think, anyway. I may have watched it you know, shortly afterwards again, but first time in a long time, anyway. And... It was fantastic. And I think so far it's the best thing we've covered on the Doctor Who pod. Uh, and he also says for the film, he would go with Batman Forever. Same principle as the song. Been watching it since childhood. Still not sick of it. I suppose that's an important thing in this game, isn't it? You need to be able to make mm. sure you don't get sick of it. Now, Batman Forever, I'm unfamiliar with because the, the whole comic book, films, Batman, Marvel, DC, all that sort it's of stuff. It's not a good one. It's not my cup of tea. That's more the wife's department there. So I've, I've I've got no real knowledge on on those Batman films. Yeah, but, um, Batman and uh, Batman and then Batman Returns, good films in my opinion. Um, and Michael Keaton, um, and then obviously it starts to go down a little bit. Um, so you had Val Kilmer, um, you had um, George Clooney. Um, okay, you've had um, Christian Bale. You've got. Ben Affleck, and uh, now you've got Robert Patterson from Twilight playing Batman. Okay, I'll, I'll know it's in Twilight, sir. I wouldn't uh, know who that is. You have a film you haven't seen, sir. Sorry, a film you haven't seen. Sure. Oh, there's loads. Yeah, loads of films. I've not yeah, that's, that's a running joke. That is, mate. <laughs> we have also Scottish Danny at Scottish Juggalo on Twitter. He says. For his song, he would choose Slick Black Cadillac by Quiet Riot. Uh, now, I like Quiet Riot. 
but again, as far as well as the, this, the, the, the bigger songs, the couple of Slade covers I did and someone that stick in my mind, that one, if I heard it, I might remember it, but it doesn't ring a bell by the title. So I'll have to go check that out after we finish. So yeah, okay, I'll have a look at that, Danny. Cheers. Uh, TV episode, The Bill, Return of the Gang Queen, 2004. That's one for Steve-O to say yes or no, no to there, I guess, when it comes to The Bill. He's our CWF resident Bill expert, I think, isn't he? Knows a hell of a lot more about it than me anyway. I'll tell you that. <laughs> And Danny continues with his movie. That would be Jeepers Creepers 2. I've seen the first one. That was okay. The second one, I know they reviewed on uh, the spin-off to One Man's Meat, which is about horror movies with Chris Bellis. And I listened to the... There's something wrong with you here, Danny. Something wrong with you here. I listened back to their review of Jeepers Creepers 2, and the review made it sound like I want to watch it. But I still haven't because I don't watch a lot of films. But yeah, it sounds interesting. Um, at one point, you turn around to find a guy with his eyes pecked out, and it's a ghost. But it's got he's got his eyes pecked out by crows for the first film. Okay, I'm like, I'm aware this is a horror film, but Jesus fucking Christ! But then again, that's the thing; it's stuck in your mind, doesn't it? You can see that there's so many horror films out there that you can watch that maybe don't have that effect. But if that scene sticks in your mind, has that not ticked a certain box that it should be doing? No, because I won't watch it because I've done it. But you've already seen it, so they've already they've already they've already got your view. Um, under duress, I didn't. I it was it wasn't my copy. I didn't go and buy my own copy because of it. Right. So they ain't got my money, have they? <sighs> is it going to be one of those evenings with you? Is it? <laughs> you've missed this. Oh dear, Handy T One T F at Handy T One T F on Twitter. He says for the song. Shooting Star by Bad Company. Bad Company are fantastic. Bloody love Bad Company. Uh, for the TV episode, he would ha- take The Day of the Doctor, from, obviously from Doctor Who. And that's another one that we've looked at in the Doctor Who pod this Brilliant season. Brilliant and it, it's a really good episode of Doctor Who. I really enjoyed going back and watching that one as well. And for a film buff, he can't decide on just one. He says, once again, we've managed to leave the handyman speechless on something. And, you know, that shit isn't easy. <laughs> fair play, Andy, fair play. I appreciate that, mate. Yeah, it is difficult narrowing it all down to just one, isn't it? I mean, I, my mindset is I can give you my answers, obviously, which we will do when we come to the end of looking at Twitter. But if you ask me again tomorrow, all three answers could be completely different because it depends exactly you know, on when you catch me, I guess. Mate, they can't you know I mean? be, you suck them. Well, no, this is what I mean. But if you ask me the same question. You know, you can't I'm, be. You, if you've asked a question today, you'll be you stuck with it now. Yeah, but everybody, okay. Well, you, if you ask me now, the question today, everybody right, now has. Yeah, go on. If if you ask me the question today, that is what I would choose. But I'm not stuck. I'm not literally stuck with them. So if you ask me the question again tomorrow, I might choose something different to be stuck. I'm with. being a little shit. Deal with it. No chance. Not you, Matt. <laughs> I'm on the gin. Shut up. Uh, Connor knows soccer, who I believe was in the chat earlier on. Good evening, He's Connor. If you're still there, my friend. Yes. Uh, he says, if there's one movie he could watch for the rest of his life, it would be Glory. It stars Morgan Freeman, Matthew Broderick, and Denzel Washington. 
tells the story of the first black regiment of the American Civil War. I'm going to surprise a lot of people here, and I'm going to say, I've not seen that. <laughs> Fair enough. Uh, no, but again, that, that sort of historical kind of film, well, I do like, so maybe I'll check it out. Like, yeah, thank you, Connor. Yeah. He continues. As for a TV show, it would have to be the HBO miniseries Band of Brothers, which tells the story of the American 101st Airborne Division in World War II. Okay. Band of Brothers, I've heard of. Was that also a film? It was also a film at that point, yes. It it was both. Um, Okay. um, I do have to say, though, I'm going to channel my inner mags. Uh, He's gone for a series, not one episode. That is true. That is true, Connor. It's supposed to be one episode. That's what makes it difficult. Mm, should I be a leech? Should I be generous and give them leeway? Would Mags? Would well, Mags. he's not cho- he's not chosen a song, so he's forfeited his song. So maybe we can let give him a bit. We'll of leeway this week. Eh? I'll let him have that. Let one, him have this one this week. Yeah, yeah. We let you off this week. Steve-O at Total Steve-O on Twitter. Go and chuck Steve-O a follow there. He's releasing uh, solo podcasts at the moment, as well as all his streaming stuff he does as well. And, I mean, I've done a solo podcast before. I know, Matt, you've done live stuff before on here with Radio Techers and podcasting. So it's bloody hard work. So the fact that Steve-O can do that and just pop out podcasts left, right and centre and do it as well as he does, fair play to you, pal. Keep it up. I'm really enjoying this into him. It's great stuff. Uh, Steve-O says, definitely the XFM shows. And then he lists a few people he says will sure agree with him. He's technically listened to these in chronological order on repeat for the past seven years or so. Not necessarily every day, but definitely would choose that, so, something from there. Uh, he also says he genuinely watched Lockstock every day for six weeks when he dislocated his knee when he was 16. And he says he fully empathises with Livy, my daughter, when she she did it last week. So, that, yeah, thank you, Steve. That's really kind of you to say. Cheers, mate. Um, yeah, Lockstock. That's a film I have seen, Matt. I've seen that film. Everyone's seen that film. Even people who haven't been born yet have seen that film. <laughs> I've seen that film and I enjoyed it. It was good. And Snatch as well, which is kind of the follow-up, isn't it? I, I, mm. I enjoyed that one as well. Sort of. Yeah. yeah. I enjoyed those two films. They're good. I enjoyed that. Steve also says, same with Die Hard 3. Went for a stage of watching it every day. Seen it over a hundred times. Why? That's weird. Okay. Which one's that Die Hard 3? Is that the one with um, Samuel L. Jackson in? Yeah. It's not as good as the first one. The first one's... I think ultimately always going to be my favourite. It's the best film of all time. I Well, I'm going to get to that in a little bit. <laughs> We're thinking alike here, mate. We're thinking alike. Um, Steve says he'd choose A Clockwork Orange to watch, though, as his only film. You're weird. Wrestling, <laughs> wrestling match, if you had to choose one, which is an interesting take as well. One wrestling match for the rest of your life. That'd be a curious question to ask mm. in a future episode, potentially. Steve says there's a wrestling match. Punk versus Cena, Money in the Bank 2011. Not just the importance of the match, story-wise, and all the real-life politics behind it, but just that atmosphere alone. He recently watched RVD versus Cena, One Night Stand in 2006, and he says the match is okay, maybe a 6 out of 10, but the crowd is 11 out of 10. Amazing. So that's quite think, interesting, I Matt. I think he being generous with a 6 out of 10 there, near a 4, actually, it's not a good match. But it's the atmosphere, it's, isn't it, that makes it? It is. It is. It's, mm. it's the fact that ECW was reborn out of this and then it went down the shore. I, I read, again, I read an article or, or like um, maybe it wasn't even an article, maybe it was just somebody online putting forth opinions, like tweets or whatever, Yeah, saying that if you watch Hogan Rock from WrestleMania 18 but turn the sound off, it actually sucks. 
because the match itself mm. is just very, uh, to coin a term, used quite a bit on Nitro Nights. It's very punchy, kicky, and nothing else of real substance there. But it's the crowd and the way Hogan and The Rock the play the crowd. Yeah, mm. that's, yeah, and how because the story they tell is them basically being puppet masters to the crowd. So without the Absolutely. crowd, without the crowd, it's, it it literally drops from some people calling it one of the best WrestleMania matches ever to being crap, apparently. So that'd be, int- that'd, that'd be an interesting. That, that'd be a fair, if it had done with me at 36, it would never have worked. Mm. Yeah, yeah, good show. Steve continues. Song, mm, again, phases in my life. I'd listen to albums continuously on repeat and kill switch to lifeless. CM Punk's This Fire Burns, I'd have on repeat constantly a few years back. But if you're asking now, we Shadow are. of Intense, yes, we are. Shadow of Intense from Ruin, we rise. I'm not familiar with that. Uh, I legit did three air guitar drum videos tight and whenever it pops up on Spotify I just can't get enough of it nah fair play yeah so many layers to it from the keyboard intro to the harmonic chorus it's just perfect I will check that out I will get that on my Spotify for my bus ride to work tomorrow and uh, I'll come back next week and say what I think of it because if it's that good and Steve has played it that much I'm intrigued Uh, he's still going Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Steve-O gives us loads of content, mate. This is like the Steve-O segment of the show. Getting much in. Steve-O continues for the TV show, and this will surprise nobody. It's easy. The bill. Past seven, eight years, I've watched in some form of chronological order. This time round, it's been season three, which is 1986-ish, Steve-O says. Every episode to where I'm now, late 2004, which is quite... A, quite a level of commitment, isn't it? Because there's a lot of the bill to get through, Matt, isn't there? It ran for a long, long time, didn't it? Mm-hmm. So I do skip some episodes, specifically season six or seven this time, but I've, ne- that I've never seen before, and it was awful. Uh, he's, even this period I'm at, I'm skipping certain stories within an episode. I'm hearing you both question why. It's because they I'm base not. things. <laughs> it's because they base things on reality at the time the big police issues, and unfortunately their subjects I literally could not care less about. Abductions, as an example. I'll finish on one final one, a wrestling one. Only one wrestler promos, so tough between Austin and The Rock, but gotta be Austin, as there was a certain realism behind what he said. Doing the Attitude Era history, which is Steve-O's sort of watch back, I guess. Uh, he says, The Rock's promos are hilarious. However, they're a bit repetitive and samey. Which I can get. I can get on board with that. The Rock sometimes can be a bit repetitive, can be a bit samey, but I think that's what made him good because you knew what yeah. was coming, so people would, would chant along with you, I suppose, wouldn't it? Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. We, 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 it's funny, they're waiting for the bit they can sing along to. Sorry? They're waiting for the bit they can sing along to. Yeah, exactly. Like, yeah, like, yeah. yeah. We, we like our new stuff, but where's the bit we can sing along to sort of yeah, thing? The catchphrases like sort of mm. thing. Yeah. Has totally. gone back. Mm. That's the one, yeah. Uh, we have here a tweet from GH at Carry the Gary. He says, very simply, song Black by Pearl Jam. The episode would be Homie the Clown from The Simpsons and movie Wayne's World. Nice and simple, nice and straightforward, knows exactly where he's coming from. Great stuff. And Wayne's World, I bloody love. 
Range World mm. 2 I enjoy as well, but the first one I think is the better of the two. You definitely liked it, clearly. Sorry? You liked it, clearly. Oh, yeah, yeah. Wayne's World I enjoyed, yeah. Mm, I like the way you think. Oh, that tweet there. Yeah, that's true. That's the response I sent, yeah. Okay. We have Morty, at Morty, JR5 on Twitter. He says, this is a tough one. So tough, I was thinking for ages yesterday and decided to give up. <laughs> Brilliant. I've now gone with a rapid-fire answer logic. First thing that comes to my head, so here it is. song mercury summer by fight star i've seen fight star like a couple of times actually they're like download festival and stuff like that and they're, they're all right you know they're not bad yeah. like, they surprise mm. me you know? mm. yeah fair enough I've, I've never quite got over them breaking up busted because of it right okay so that's where you and me would differ i think my friend i would prefer fight star to the busted side of his music i'll break you know? your ankle <laughs> you have to catch me first <laughs> mercury summer by fight star he says royal family Queen of Shiva episode and for the I, movie he says Gangster Squad a Gangster I Squad could, I had to look at I couldn't watch that episode of Royal Family I'd be crying my eyes out which one is that Queen of it's Shiva the episode, that... it's the episode where Liz um, where Liz Shaw's character dies where Nana dies oh okay yeah yeah that one gets me yeah and the yeah. one where um, the daughter I can't remember her name is it Caroline uh-huh. um, that's it when she is going into labour and he's sat in the bathroom with her talking to her. Yeah. Brilliant stuff, Matt, isn't it? Brilliant television. Oh, great. It's great TV, don't get me wrong. Ironically, I found it, watching a family, watching TV. Mm. And then they went on to commentary, didn't they? Of course, on Gogglebox. Okay, yeah. Because Carolina heard it and then Craig Cash took over from her. Yeah. Yeah, All that's right. right. Uh, Gangster Squad, the movie. Are you familiar Never with that one? Never heard of it. Never heard no, of it. No, I, I had to Google it, but no. So. Yeah, he said he said he he should have used that approach. Yeah, he says the last. He says that last one proves why I shouldn't use that approach. Yeah, you're right there. So fair enough. But if that's the movie that first pops in your head, it obviously is something that you enjoy. So you know, uh, we have here James at eighties and nineties wrestling. Yeah, uh, which somebody who I've always referred to as Ja or J.A., because that was what it said on his Twitter handle, yes. never fully knowing his name. So, James, thank you for clearing that up for me, bud. <laughs> Apologies for all the many previous weeks you've tweeted in, and I've just referred to you as Ja, because that is a dumbass move on my part. Oh, dear, dear, dear. He says here, sorry for the delay. No worries, mate. You just respond whenever you can. Don't worry about that. No rush. He says, on holiday with the missus and the dogs, cracked open the home brew with a smiley face. You go for it, pal. Have a good time. Absolutely, agreed to that. Yeah, there you go. Uh, tough question, this, he says. Song, First Day of My Life by Bright Eyes. Okay, mm-hmm. not familiar with that one. TV episode, he says, depends on his mood, but it always makes him laugh. Peep Show, Mark and Soph's Wedding. That is mm-hmm. good. Uh, Peep Show's bloody great. I love it. It is Peep good. Show. It is good. Yeah, there's some real gold in there. Super Hands is funny, Matt. And he, I think mean, he's, he's like a... He, he's not in it enough, but at the same time, if he's in it more, you probably get sick of him, maybe. 
Agreed. Um, and for a film, Brain Dead is a solid watch. He says here. Are you familiar with Brain Dead? I'm not familiar with the film. No. No, nor me. I've nor got me. a lot Some of films in my library. I'm looking at it right now. I've got we've got over two thousand films in my library in the world. Okay, I yeah. bet I've probably seen about three of them. <laughs> <laughs> well, a lot of there's a lot of super films that would be famous. Would not be okay. your, your cup of tea. Okay, fair enough, fair enough. Uh, Millwall Chris at Millwall Chris one on Twitter. He says, "We're right overthinking it." Song "Rocking All Over the World" by Status Quo. They play it after every Millwall win at home, so I hear it a lot. Millwall having a good season this season? I'm a bit unfamiliar. No, they're not. They're not not not? a good season. (laughs) So he's been a bit facetious. Well, are they? I was. I will quickly check because I'm going to take an ask if I was actually actually wrong about that. Are they the championship nowadays? Well, actually, actually, to be fair, they just outside the playoffs. Actually, they are doing quite well. Okay, fair enough. Yeah, fair enough. Uh, TV show. Miami Twice, the Only Fools and Horses episode. But he could have chosen any episode from Only Fools and Horses, um, he says, yeah? The problem is that some of them haven't got the this, the live studio audience. Right, And yep. for me, that takes them away from it. I like... It gets reshown quite a bit, doesn't it, on like UK Gold and stuff like that, Only mm-hmm. Fools and Horses. Yeah. Now, recently, I've started catching really early ones, like season one and stuff. And I'm finding them absolutely hysterical. I mean, I've seen them before, but I'm finding them absolutely hysterical. And I wonder if it's because they're not as repeated, they're not repeated as often, sorry, as some of the later ones with Uncle Albert in, maybe? Uncle Albert, I love Uncle Albert. Yeah. Yeah, but these yeah. earlier episodes, they, they kind of have a different feel but, to them. They, they almost feel a bit more grimy, if that makes sense. They had granddad in, didn't they? And he was good. Yeah. Uh, a little, I know a little fact about, um, about this. Um, okay. When they were recasting, well, not recasting, but when Grand, the, Dennis Pierce had died mid-season and they did the funeral for Grandad and they were going to have an old woman. They are going to have, like, an auntie join. And David Jason said, no. No, I don't want a woman. And they said, why? Why, don't, why would you not want a woman? It's like, because I can't kick her in the back of the van. Ah, uh, yeah. I can't. I can't be physical with her. But can be an old man, so that's why he plugged for Uncle Albert because originally would be an auntie. I, thought, mm. I, I loved it. I loved that. Uncle Albert cracks me up during the war. <laughs> You're in the war, during the war. Mm-hmm. Great stuff, man. Great stuff. For a film, Millwall Chris continues. Ice hockey film, Slapshot. The Hanson brothers are brilliant. Is that, and he's put a laughing Hansen? face. No. Is that Hanson's in the brothers Hanson? Um, it's spelt that way. God, no, thank you. But he's put a laughing face afterwards, so I'm guessing he's being a bit, a bit daft there, a bit tongue Yeah, Morty's saying he's got a bit of a trigger vibe. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Somebody you know very, very well, a certain Christopher Lewis on Twitter, Chris yes. Lewis thirty seven. He says here a song. Better Than Today by Kylie Minogue from her Aphrodite album. Oh, I 
great pick-me-up song. Brilliant. I suppose if you listen to one song, listen to one song for the rest of your life, you need it to to build you up, don't you? I guess you want it to be, you want it to be a happy song in theory. Um, movie, The Greatest Showman, and I like the way Chris thinks here. This is sly, sneaky, but brilliant at the same time. That's my, that's my, that's my man. That's my man right there. He says The Greatest Showman, and then in brackets, a cheeky way to get more songs in. Brilliant stuff, you sneaky devil, but I love it. <laughs> he says, joking apart though, he says it is a great film. And I'm not, I'm not one for musicals, Matt, but Christmas, Christmas uh, Eve, we watch a film to all sit down together and watch a film as a family Christmas Eve. And one year, the kids chose Greatest Showman, and I bloody loved it. I thought it was great. Well, that's great, absolutely great. Yeah, it was very good. And TV episode, more love for the old Doctor Who here, mate. Uh, Chris says, Doctor Who, Journey's End, which he says in brackets here is the season four finale. Joyful, exciting, and heartbreaking in one. Nice, season four finale. So is that David Tennant? Yeah, he's Tennant. That's the episode, that was the, part, that was the second part of the two-part finale where they had the big crossover tour with the Sarah Jane Adventures. Okay. okay. They were doing team-up before Marvel made it cool. ah fair enough yeah and that's it mate that's what we got from twitter this week so thank you so so much to absolutely everybody for sending in your answers thoughts comments whatever love it all to bits brilliant stuff this show as mags and i say all the time would not exist if it was not for you matt what about yourself mate song movie tv episode what you thinking bud right um Terms of song, that's a really tough one. Really tough one. Uh, so I'll come back to that one in a moment. Um, movie is very, very easy, and I'm expecting a lot of mocking in the chat, but it's from 1995, um, and it features six teenagers with attitude. It was the original Mighty Morphin Power Rangers film. I know it line by line, but yeah. it's good, it's good versus evil, and it's it's just brilliant. I love it. Uh, I'm a big Power Rangers nerd. I do not. Yeah, I was going to say that's that's what you love, anyways. Like the whole yeah, franchise so, and everything. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I I could uh, I could do I could do a whole podcast about it, but I'm not going to. Um, I guess it's not supposed to show to do that before, but I wouldn't subject anyone to that personally. Ironically. Graham from Good Cop, Bad Cop listened to that while at WrestleMania weekend and he said, how much of this episode of Power Rangers like the whole episode, Graham? <laughs> and he rolled his eyes and kept listening. Brilliant stuff. <laughs> it was brilliant. Um, TV show, TV show. Um, this, is, this is not as easy as things. I thought, like, I'll wing this. I'll make a list, you see. Um, so we really should have made a list. Um the, mm, I think because I, I think it's one that has to get your attention and like just draw you in. Mm-hmm. Um, for me, That's something you won't get sick it, of as well. Something I'll get sick of, no. Mm. So, um, because of how classic it is, I will go for the Germans episode of Forty Towers. Oh, yeah, okay. 
Yeah. Because <laughs> it's it, it just it's just it's just brilliant. The opposite it's, of what we were saying about Uncle Albert. Don't mention the war. Don't mention the war. <laughs> yeah, Chris said, don't mention the war. Yeah, absolutely. Um, absolutely. Um, in terms of song, oh, that's so much trickier. Um, mm. Song that never I could never get tired of. See, this is a real big problem. Mm. Um, oh, this is so tough. So, I'll give you tough. some thinking time, mate. Shall I? I'll give you some thinking time. I've got a couple of answers. Okay. <laughs> I've got a couple of answers uh, for a TV episode. Again, I think I could pick pretty much any Only Falls episode because I love it. But bringing up Faulty Towers, then I could probably pick any Faulty Towers episode. So I love Faulty Towers as well. Uh, what I had in my mind, though, was. I'm a big fan of The Office, and I like both versions, the UK and the US versions. There's certain episodes in the US office that I could watch again and again and again without a problem. But in the UK office, the ending, when the the secretary comes back in, having seen the, the, the picture and you know, never give up written in the taxi when she's leaving with her partner and so on, and they're having like the, the work disco and she comes in and kisses kisses Tim and so on. That's brilliant. Great TV. Love that. I'd watch that over and over again. You know, for a song, that's really, really hard. Really difficult. In my head, coming into this, Rainbow, which is you know, off, off the album. What, is in paint no, the whole sorry. world with Rainbow? No, no. Yeah the, yeah, the Rainbow theme. That's what I, as a massive metalhead, that's what I'd want to listen to for the rest of my life. The theme to Rainbow. There we are, done. <laughs> if you just thought I'd put that in right now. Yeah, I, I will do. I will do. I will do. No, the, the the album "Rising" by Rainbow, which had Ronnie James Dio singing for them before he joined Black Sabbath and then went solo. The track from that album, "Stargazer," is an absolute masterpiece. It's just fantastic. And the last three minutes, it to me is exactly how a hard rock short song should be done. It is as close to perfect as as you'll find, in my opinion. Obviously, you know, I love, absolutely love that film. I'm probably going to go die hard because I can just watch that again and again and again. I love it. I will say it's the best Christmas film, not the best of all time. It's a very, very good Christmas film. It, and we're it's, not going to engage in that argument. We're not going to engage in that argument with the chat. So I know there's people in the chat who will disagree with us. My well, you can take out the high five, Tom, <laughs> and, and, and MGB Graham for sure. Um, mm, you, gave me, you gave me some more thinking of it. It's not been easy. Um, oh god! Right, I'm gonna click. Me, I'm looking for my playlist now, now to actually help me out here. Okay. Okay. Yes, actually, this is actually not as hard as thought. Um, <laughs> said said the actress to the bishop. Um, right, I'm going to go for um, a song by Alistair Griffin. It's uh, called Just Drive. This ride. Just drive. I want to be the only one to make it to the light. Okay, I will seek that out and chuck it, it in the audio version. It was used for um, um, Sky's F1 coverage, but um, it was poignant for me because it was around the same sort of time uh, my brother had his first child, uh, Little okay. Lenny, 
and um, yeah, I was these two pictures because it's all about not giving up and you know pressing forward that sort of thing. And Lenny wasn't a well when he was born, and he's absolutely fine now. He's great. You just had his tenth birthday. You know, absolute, absolute brilliant stuff. Captain Scarlet, he, he is. He's about back from anything. He's great. But um, yeah, it always makes me think of of them, of my brother and his boy. And yeah. it's it is a really good peeping up song because the, the lyrics. It's not a long song. Okay. But it's. It's quite easy on the and yeah, it just makes just makes you makes you think. Makes yeah. You think. Okay. Well, fair enough, mate. That's good. I'll, I'll dig that out and I'll chuck a bit of that into the audio, whether whether we play it now or at the end of the episode later in the week. It'll be mm. it'll be on there somewhere anyway. Yeah, great stuff. Should we have a quick check what's going on in the chat? We had a few suggestions in there as well, we, Matt. Before we, we, we have, have we, we are going to have to. I've got to do a lot of scrolling back up, unfortunately. Before we talk a little bit of wrestling, my friend. Absolutely. Um, I'm I'm gonna have to go in somewhere here. Uh, right. Okay. Right. So we've got um, a movie star hasn't seen. Shocking. Um, Batman is glorious crap, and he loves it. Uh, Morty's talking. What's a Batman? Um, to be to be fair, any uh, better watching a man in green mouth suck a mouse? Is that legitimate thing? Anything's better than watching a man in a green in green mile suck a mouse. Um, oh, he brings them. Does he bring the mice back to life in Green Mile? Apparently, I'm not sure. Uh, mm. Me, uh, Morty and Sarge do a movie podcast. Apparently, um, <laughs> he's not giving up, is he? He's not giving he's up. Dad, with his name Jim Carrey, perfect riddler. Tommy Jones has two faces, hammy and a pig farmer's freezer. Um, and then Morty and fit to doing some arguing about ditching each other. Um, Let's have a look down here. Um, agreeing about um, the episode of the bill, Dan Griffin and Handy agreeing about something. Uh, loads of eat bubbly chocolate, he'll be fired with mags. So, he's in a film crazy. Oh, I've seen I've seen a couple, indeed. Um, the media stopped, and now we're talking about um, you haven't lived this thing called running. I've seen cool runnings, it's a great oh, yes. film. Is it on? Is it on Disney Plus, Chris? Uh, possibly, isn't it? It should be. If it's not, then check it out for sure. Apparently, Dead Muzzle already got printed. Um, so it was me who said about Rock and Hogan. Ah, oh, there so, you go. Morty saying that he's one, right? Not you. Um, and now, and actually, actually, just <laughs> was doing the whole thing. Just <laughs> quoting the films. That was great. Brilliant stuff. They're doing great. John Candy was great in that film as well. I loved him in that. Mm. Uh, Morty saying Firestar are my favorite, all-time favorite band. Morty, we're going to fall out, mate. We're going to fall out. And Scotty Day on my side here. We're on the chat with this. Um, Scott Daniels in the Royal Family episode is heartbreaking. Absolutely. Um, not quite as nice from Fitch, of course. You said it's one of the old boy croaked it. But incredibly, a- incredibly accurate, to be fair. He summed it up in one sentence, so. Maybe. Morty also says that Dan's was the last film he saw in a cinema. Jesus Christ. That's okay. a long time ago. Uh, Peep Show is elite, apparently. That's yeah, cool. fantastic. Um, um, Dan Griffin giving praise to uh, my half Chris, saying, great thinking for using a musical to get around <laughs> to <laughs> one song. Thing. Absolutely great work. And a lot of shout-out for Blink-182. 
um, Sherlock and Back to the Future. Oh, I bloody love Sherlock. That was a great TV show. Dan Whitechapel Chris- as well. Ah, oh, that is that uh, Fitch there, Harry Housewife. Is that who that is? Well, it is, that? isn't it? The Harry Housewife. That's Fitch, isn't it? Uh, yeah, yeah. Whitechapel. What a TV Whitechapel. show that was. What a shite that is. Oh, hundred percent in agreement. Brilliant, brilliant show. Indeed. Uh, you got um, Dan Griffin sending you some uh, some hate here. So you see some gold. A bit about how Donna ended. It was emotional bit sweet. Sigh, who's Donna? Hang on. I don't I didn't say who's Donna. I know who Donna was, the character of Donna was, you know, but I just I've not seen that much of it. And I don't get the relevance of what was being spoken about in that particular scene that he sent me. It was like fan fiction for what happened afterwards. Indeed. So I can appreciate to someone like yourself who's watched watched all that and someone like Dan who's watched all that, it they would get it. I don't hundred percent grasp it but i imagine with the doctor who pod we will go back and watch it and i will then understand what the point of the message was of course i know who donna was <laughs> dad given now dm me a picture directly um saying what he sent you and um yeah that's funny um right we have dan griffin saying uh yeah it absolutely was a apparently it was a great love bit of news uh, Fitch is now saying he liked the Mario film from 1990. No, it's bad. It's bad. Be told to wing it, actually. Um, being told uh, my favourite TV series is Life on Mars. Any yeah, episode. that was good as well. That was really good. Uh, Morty saying that, sorry, you need to live in the fight stars out of the album hiatus, uh, apparently. Dan Griffin saying Iron Man 3 is also a Christmas film. Surprisingly, Morty, I've not seen it. Morty's agreeing. Um, Morty's also saying song is going to all show. F- he's actually done final answer here. Final answer he's gone here. Uh, Sharon is saying film will always oh, be the crow. That is an awesome film, to be fair. The crow is fantastic, yeah. Mm-hmm, absolutely. Uh, lots episode three from the last kingdom, absolutely. Mm-hmm, show. Great show, yeah. And Right, right now it's Vox Popol by Thirty Seconds to Mars, and to, to catch right up to date, we've got Morty saying the Science Fitch White Chapel podcast. <laughs> Stop trying to fill up more of my time with more podcasts. I can't yeah, do I, it. <laughs> wait, he's only pitched you free today. I mean, he's got over a week. That's right. <laughs> oh, brilliant stuff. Thank you so, so much, everyone in the chat. And thank you so much to everyone who reached out to us on Twitter again this week. Hugely, hugely appreciated as always. Matt, shall we talk a bit of wrestling, mate? Put a good idea, isn't it? Uh, let's get ready. Okie doke. The winner of the poll was Shawn Michaels versus the British Bulldog in the main event of the one night only pay-per-view held in Birmingham NEC in the UK in 1997, referred to as the Birmingham Screwjob by some people online. Um, yeah, it, it won quite a, quite a close poll, to be fair. Uh, your first thoughts, Matt, watching this back, what, what did you think of the match? I'm annoyed that I didn't win the poll, first of all. <laughs> you get another goal this week, though, mate. Mm-hmm. Get another goal this week, don't you? Yes, right. I do. I do. It's not as good as I picked for last week, but... Yeah. Wasn't it? Uh, I, did, I do enjoy the... Um, I didn't... I, I, you know what? I found it hard to get into this match. Really? Okay, interesting. 
found hard to get into it, and it's because I knew what the backstage politics was, because obviously we're 25 years later. We know everything went, went on backstage. We know everything that happened. But we well, we well, either way, we if what we if what we said believe is enough to colour your vision. And mm. there's certain bits throughout the back where you think we actually back it up, to be fair. Um yeah, I'm a. this was a hard watch for me. I mean okay. I'm a professional, I made notes, but at the same time I'm like because couldn't get out of the back of my mind of like, don't I'm not liking this. Okay, I mean that. that well, I think what we'll do then is we'll run through the match itself as as a wrestling match. Uh, look at highs and lows for us and discuss the match itself as a contest, and then we'll come back around to the controversy and the issues That's afterwards, and then you know give our scores and our links and and, and so on. Uh, the the match here is basically it's, it's for the European title, which is newly created in 1997. The British Bulldog is the first WWF European champion. He won it in Germany somewhere. Was it in Berlin? Berlin. Yeah, in Berlin. Berlin. Yeah. He beat Mankind, Vader, and Owen Hart on the way to win the tournament. That's it. That's it. Was it back in May of this year? Uh, I believe? About, about about that time. Yes. Yeah, because this is late. Obviously, later in the year. This is I think sort of trail end of October. This pay per view, isn't it? Uh, I think, around then. Yeah. 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 Okay. We have 11,000 people in attendance, which for the Birmingham NEC, obviously they, it's, it's restricted because you lose a section of it because of where the ring is and the staging is and so on. Of course. But it's, it's, it's a it's allowed 11,000 people for certain. It is. It's it is. Very it's very they, they were vociferous, of course. Indeed. Um, however, this was also a Sky Sports Boxer representation as well. Mm-hmm. However, buy rate was terrible. On it, however, twenty thousand buys it got worldwide. Twenty thousand buys. Twenty thousand buys. That is a zero point zero five percent. Which sounds terrible, and it is. You're right. It's an awful number. But you've got to take into consideration it wasn't broadcast in the states. Well, you also take into consideration interaction um, in two thousand and one did two hundred fifty thousand buys. Okay. Was that broadcast so, in the States as well, though? It was shown on tape delay a, about a year later. Okay. Okay. But at the same time, 97, the business still isn't in a great financial situation. It's not it's a not great not in, spot, for sure. No. It's The WWF, uh, WWE as it is now, obviously, but the WWF in 97, they're turning that corner. You're, you're hearing the cheers for Austin now. You know, it, you're yeah. a couple of months. You're a couple of months away from Montreal, which brings out obviously the Vince McMahon character, mm-hmm. which of course the perfect, the perfect, perfect time to promote a change in attitude, which Mags and then take care of over on Chairshot, of course. Yeah, looking get back, that, I get that attitude, stage, of course. Attitude era WWF one show at a time. Fantastic, listen. But they're they're sort of, they're playing catch up for WWF in in '96. Obviously, we've had Scott Hall arrive in WCW. We've had the NWO uh, by this time in 97 on the other channel. We've got Sting returning. He faces Hogan at Starcade this year in a few months' time. Goldberg arrives in 98. So that gives you a rough idea where we are business-wise on yeah. the other channel. In this, On this side, they're playing catch-up. WCW is the hot product. WWE is not. But 96 WWF was awful. The creative direction in 97 was much better. And they were starting to win people back over before mm-hmm. the the glory times, I suppose, of Absolutely. 98 and onwards. 
Now, the fact that the business was in the toilet is shown by the next episode of Monday Night Raw, actually, to put it into context for everybody with the scenario where we are in the year of Montreal happening and so on. The next episode of Monday Night Raw, which was, I think, two or three days after this show, Mm. was when Vince McMahon sat Bret Hart down and said, I cannot pay you your massive contract. You're free to negotiate with WCW. And then it all kicks off heading into Montreal and Survivor Series and the contract negotiations from there. But that's just a bit of background info for you there. This here, this pay-per-view, we get a brilliant package opening the show. Very, mm-hmm. it, it's, it's almost like you are literally watching a clip from Sky Sports in 97 on the WWE Network. You know, this is a Sky box office presentation, etc., etc. Yeah. And we get an emotional kind of video package put together promoting the Bulldog map, didn't we? Did you catch this? Uh, I, I have to admit, I actually skipped straight to, to the match. So okay. I thought I was going to box with this thing, but apart from that, you're on your own, buddy. Okay, no problem. No worries. Um, the crowd are wild. Yeah, it's they're, not they're, like, all, they're wild all night, I think, though. Yeah, yeah, you're right, you're right. But it's not like now on a Monday Night Raw, for example, in the UK, there's certain things that make it look like it's a UK production, isn't there? That they have telephone boxes and black cabs. Yeah, they... <laughs> They really have a stereotype. I'm half expecting yes. them to have a Welsh dragon at this event they're having in uh, in Cardiff right. in yep. September. Yeah, maybe a couple of leaks on the stage or something. Well, to be fair, a lot of people in America didn't know it wasn't England. Yeah, that's true. They thought they it was thought in London. Edith, they so, they yeah. thought, no, no, they just assumed Cardiff was in England. Ah, uh, okay. I so, saw some. I saw somebody get Welsh. retweeted. Um, I saw somebody get retweeted saying, "Is that close to Wembley? Is that London?" Mm-hmm. as well but again some people's geography isn't a strong point so well both the american comparatively is quite close I suppose, because they have hundreds of miles don't they to get somewhere and it's yeah that's true like, no very true. very true but a bit of guessing though that's it we have carsten schaefer is the ring announcer here who is a german fellow a little bit of background on him it's not really massively relevant to the match but a little bit of background on him he was a ring announcer in a lot of the european shows and obviously being able to speak German and other languages as well helped him out with that. He was also the German commentator when they used to go on the network on the pay per views through like ten different countries commentary teams. It Schaefer is. was the Schaefer was the German guy there. He worked for WWE for thirty two years. That's almost that's almost as long as Vince McMahon. And he got released in one of those big batches of releases in the last sort of year or two. He was one of those to be let go. Yeah, he was there a long, old time. But that's the ring announcer there. Uh, We have a double main event to this show, we're told. The main event is Michaels versus Bulldog that we're covering. The second main event is The Undertaker versus Bret Hart for the World Championship. A little bit of backstory on that one as well, setting the scene, I suppose. The posters and all the hype and everything for this event, there's no there's no images of Bret Hart or The Undertaker up on any of it. And Bret and Taker are on record as saying that they felt a bit slighted by that. And they believe that was down to Shawn Michaels' backstage politicking a little bit and having his match go on last and so on. I'm, I don't know about that. It's, it's in Birmingham. It's a European title match it's it's a it's a it's a english pay-per-view it was the british bulldog in the main event yes you know? exactly you're always going to put bulldog on last i think aren't you? i think maybe that's brett being a bit salty there but mm. it is what it is you know he's one could he, argue he's earned that right 
Well, the, champ, the WWE champion at the time. Yeah, people can argue the champion should go on last. I get that. But I think in this instance, and in Wembley in 92, it's obvious that's not always the actual case. That, that Well, of course. Sometimes out the box, don't you? Well, of course, at um, WrestleMania, at WrestleMania 92, in the American version, um, they did go on last. They? Yes, they did. They, they, they did it round, yeah. They did it round. It is. Mm. It's strange, very strange, because obviously the lighting was different by that time. It was dark mm-hmm. by the time Bulldog was yeah. <laughs> uh, Speaking of editing, actually, Matt, that's a really good point. The Hart-Undertaker match, when this was released on VHS tape, because obviously it's pre-DVD, isn't it? When this yeah. was released on VHS tape, the Hart-Undertaker match was not included on the United States videotape release. It was in Europe, and it was elsewhere, but in the States, that match, for some reason was not included Hmm. no idea why because when the dvd version came out a year or two later it was then included i can't explain that that's odd very strange isn't it very strange hmm but there we go um the bulldog does a pre-taped sit down with jim ross and he talks of his sister tracy who has beaten cancer twice i think they said didn't they yes uh and dedicates the match to her all his family are going to be there, etc., etc. And this was pre-tape was done well in advance of the event. This was, I think, maybe even the day before or two days before the event itself. This was recorded, I believe. Biggest night of his life, the Bulldog refers to it as. And that basically brings us up to speed to Shawn Michaels being stood literally in gorilla position, in his gear, ready to go. And he's talking about, and again, little digs at Bret Hart, I suppose, but He's trying to get himself over. Lots of people did the same thing. Hogan was a master at it, let's be honest. Yeah. He says, you sin the champion. Now it's time to see the main event and points at himself, the showstopper, etc., etc. Runs through his spiel. His music starts. Out walks Sean. And he gets quite the reaction, doesn't he, Matt? Um, this is the thing, you see. Um, we're not used to Well, I say we're not used to it. Most of the time I've seen HBK wrestle, was obviously post two thousand, so I I never saw his big heel work. Okay, most most I saw was the heel where he came back was when he had that mini feud of Hogan when he worked the heel for like five weeks and then went back to being a face again. Mm-hmm. Um, because Hogan can't Hogan must pose. Yes, you know, <laughs> ironic. Um, it was very surreal because I knew that um, HBK made a living of being. The snotty heel that everyone wants to kick their ass or kick his ass. Very good at it. Very good at it. He was back then for sure. Anyway, he was walking uh when he was walking out and the booing was sensational. At one point later on, uh Vince mentions um uh, before the match starts, so I can say perfect thing for it, he mentions um um Sean Michaels might be a little bit um, confused but might be a bit swayed by the uh, bipartisanship. In the crowd, there was no bipartisanship about it, Vince. They legitimately hated the man. There was a lot of, well, to be fair, there was a lot of people with Shawn Michaels signs as well. Yeah, because and, they wanted to bet him. Well, and they also had, they did a, um, earlier on in the show, they spoke to a lot of fans. Uh, I suppose similar to how they spoke to fans before SummerSlam 92, right? So then you get the famous, the famous Bulldog kid saying the Bulldog's going to win whether he wants to or not. You know, that famous clip. Hmm. They did this here, but it was in the arena. And there were as many people saying they want Sean to win as people saying they want Bulldog to win. Now, granted, the majority of the people saying they want Sean to win 
were young girls. So, you know, you can see the, the their obvious appeal there. I'm a shooting. Yeah, they, they were they were they were very much don't get me wrong, women can appreciate talented wrestlers. Of course they can. You know, my wife is you know, she appreciates the a good looking chap, don't get me wrong, but at the same time, she appreciates a talented wrestler as well. And it's unfair when ladies, I think, get banded into that thing of oh you only like such and such because he's got long hair and tattoos or whatever but these girls i think were very much in the scenario of we like sean because of the way sean looks i think you know i'm, I'm quite comfy yeah. making that stereotype in I this think, scenario i think seven. you're right on this, on this occasion i would point out that a lot for a long time people assumed that i liked football because i like men okay and i'm like nope I actually watched the game. I don't want to see the state of Ian Dowie. <laughs> <laughs> like a sack of potato with a suit and tie. Right. Uh, okay. Um, I mean, <laughs> <laughs> he's uh, Sean's entrance. He's coming down, and like yeah. you said, Matt, he's got that. He's got that swagger. He does the dance and all. And and if Sean is playing the role of a heel at any point in his career and he starts doing his usual shtick of the dance the swagger and all that you just want to slap him you think you horrid little prick and he gets grabbed by a gang of girls who pull him over to the rail Mm. and they're sort of mobbing him and kissing him and so on and there's a kid there of a british bulldog action figure an old hasbro action figure beating sean in the face with it (laughs) as he's getting kissed by these girls sean grabs (laughs) grabs the figure off him looks around and drops it in his tights and then does a little dance with a figure in his tights. Uh, that, uh, that is some great heel shit right there. It is great heel shit. Please tell me they watched it before they let a child play with it again. Well, yeah. Maybe he deserved it for smacking him in the face of it. I don't know. I, I think know. he deserved it. He should be Kayla Prick. At this point <laughs> he was. He was very difficult to deal with, apparently. He was. Uh, the Bulldog comes out to, as you can imagine, a huge reaction. Oh, now, he's walking to the ring here with his sister, who yeah. is, is visibly has been unwell. You can see that she's she not. did not. She, she, do you know what? If you told me that, I don't think I would need telling that she's a cancer survivor. Mm-hmm. Okay. I think it's, it's unfortunate that sometimes you can unfortunately see people who've gone through chemotherapy and, and, and the like, and it's, it's it's debilitating. Okay. See, I don't know. I don't know. You could tell that they were unwell. I could tell, for sure. I could tell that she'd been it unwell, but I'm not. I suppose I'm not clued up enough to point and, and be that. I've, do you know unfortunately, what I mean? so, I've seen my fair share of people with cancer. Okay, yeah, they've, they've got to work, of course. Yeah. Okay. Fair um, enough. No, I appreciate so that. I'm, and but it's a. But either way, um, it was really nice, and they're saying that Vince saying like, "Oh, he dedicated the match," or anything like. But again, back in my mind, I'm thinking like, "Yeah, you're saying that, Vince, and you've changed the fucking booking." Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, but again, we'll get to that shortly. Mm, yeah, yeah. Uh, so in the back of my head, I was like, I felt, I actually, honestly, felt a bit unwell at that point. It I was a it little was, bit it was incredibly, incredibly uncomfortable. But when, like I said, when we get to it, I'm gonna, I'm gonna play a little bit of devil's advocate there because it's very easy to point the finger at the villainous Vince McMahon and the evil Shawn Michaels. It's not quite as straightforward as that but we'll get it's to that not, show. it's not we'll get to that of course yeah um the match starts and it's obvious straight away that sean's got his working boots on here sean michaels always took great pleasure in being 
as he said he was, the main event, the top guy, the showstopper, Mr. WrestleMania, all these cliches that he used to bang out. And to be fair, on his day, in certain eras, he was untouchable. You know, around this time, the mid to late 90s, Sean was untouchable. He was the best thing the WWF had. They called him Mr. WrestleMania for a reason. He's but at the same time, he his best man record was terrible. Um, ironically, he performed performance-wise yeah, yeah. out of this world. For he sure. gives you the best match of the night. Those and, he, and, you know? he, and, and when he wants to, he'll sell he'll sell for you. Absolutely. And that's what happened here. He, he's bumping all over the place for the Bulldog, isn't he? Yeah, you Bulldog know? was ferociously strong. You picked him out of midair in yes. a cross body into a even for a loose press. And just the, the the bear hug. I mean, he mentioned, catches him. Yeah, they mentioned on commentary he lost two stone. Mm-hmm. I mean, like that's twenty eight pounds. Yeah, that's not a small amount of weight. See, I'm looking at the bulldog and I'm thinking, has he lost that much weight though? Possibly, depending on where he does it from. Mm, I suppose because he's still got the muscle mass, hasn't he? To be fair, you know, and he's not the bulldog wasn't ever, he was never the tallest guy, was he? Was he five ten, five eleven? He definitely didn't hit six first. He's very taller than me. Yeah. So he he had this. He was like two hundred seventy pounds, two hundred seventy five pounds on a, on a frame of a man who was say five ten, five eleven. That's that's a big amount of muscle mass on a shorter, smaller frame, isn't it? When you see yeah. pictures of him when he was much younger and still wrestling in this country, he was incredibly skinny. So it's obvious where some of that mass has come from, if you know what I mean. But we get. Sean bumping all over the place for him from, from shoulder blocks, clotheslines and everything. And he's making the bulldog. The bulldog looks like a huge, powerful guy anyway, because of the size of him. Absolutely. But the way, the way Sean's bouncing off his moves, it, it makes him look even, even bigger and stronger. Doesn't it matter? It's really effective visually as, as, as somebody sat there watching the match. It's stunning. It's stunning for sure. Um, I mean, we, we also saw some great mat wrestling as well from Bulldog as yep. well, which was great to see. I mean, one of the a beautiful bow and arrow lock he locks in at one point. Like, you know, where he like posts on the knees and then grabs the arm and goes back on his back and literally pushed him into the air. Of the course, surfboard, that, yeah. The, 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 the bow and arrow, back of that term, yeah. Surfboard, bow and arrow. Um, the thing is, I had to release it quite quickly because his shoulders were pinned. And that wasn't the planned finish. Yeah, um, he got quite cross by that, didn't he? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, JR um, then mentioned in commentary that the Bulldog won the Intercontinental Championship belt in 1992. Who did he lose it to? Shawn Michaels. Shawn Michaels. In October. Yeah. yeah. So, and so they, they were setting it up. They were setting it up quite nicely. And then, yes. and then the um, what was it? What was he called? Um, oh, the the backup plan. Well, I forget what he, they they called oh, the him. Insurance the insurance policy. policy. Yeah, the insurance Rick policy. Rick Rude yeah. ran down before he switched to Nitro. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. I mean, before we get to that, there's another moment of, of power from the Bulldog. I want to get absolutely, to. yeah, absolutely. Go on. There's uh, there's a Gorilla Press he literally takes Michaels and holds him above his head in the old gorilla press style. But it's not just a gorilla press stand there, pose for the cameras away. He goes, he walks to the ropes to throw him out the ring. Ref the ref, yeah. The ref climbs up the ropes and stops him. So he thinks, okay, turns around, walks to another set of ropes 
to throw him out the ring there. The ref stops him again. He walks to the third set of ropes. And it's just the power. Because, I mean, again, Michaels, mm. he, he, Michaels is what, 220, 230, something like that? 228 pounds, it was outside. There you go. And this guy's holding him above his head for a good couple of minutes. And then walking, and not just walking around, but walking and stopping, walking and stopping. That's incredible power there, Matt, isn't it? Absolutely. Oh, Herb Nash had no biz getting in his way. Well, I suppose, I suppose. But uh, just incredible power by the Bulldog. Absolutely. I was, I was really Absolutely. You love the Bulldog. Yeah, and I suppose it, it adds to the story they're trying to tell because the, the, the build-up, the comment, you, you mentioned the commentary yourself, Matt, and you're spot on, in that the Bulldog's talking about losing a bit of weight because Sean is the smaller guy and it means he's quicker. But then the commentary are talking about the Bulldog's power and strength. And the, the story they're effectively telling in the ring backs up what what they're what, what what you've been saying and what the commentary have been saying and it is the speed versus the power the bulldog is wrestling in a very i suppose power-based strength way whereas sean is moving a lot quicker he's flying around a bit and so on and it does back up the tail i suppose for want of a better term the tail of the tape doesn't it yeah absolutely absolutely um and then obviously rick rude who was part of dx which a lot of people forget about um, yes, yeah, very early on, yeah. He, he was the early member of DX, of course. Um, for him down at ringside, of course, he's, you know, just hovering around, being a nuisance. Um, but then one of, the, one of the great feats of strength happens again, because um, Shawn Michaels latches on a short arm scissors. Mm-hmm. And then Bulldog not only reverses it, but lifts his arm up as he stands up, lifts Shawn Michaels onto his shoulder, and then perform the queen suplex mm. backwards. Yeah. Um, beautiful. That's two things beautiful. I took from that. Mm-hmm. One, one was Michaels himself. Cause when he got lifted above his head, it could have been easy for Michaels just to prepare himself to take this because he's quite high up. He's going to take quite a big bump. It'd have been quite easy for Sean just to prepare himself to take that bump and so on. But he, he's flinging his long hair back and forth as he's looking frantically from side to side at the crowd scared about where he is selling it well because yeah, so yeah, literally in the moment as to it but also again in agreement with you matt the power of the bulldog with this in that's the dead weight. That's yeah exactly dead weight. yeah I, I couldn't think of the term yeah you're spot on it's dead weight as he's literally hauling michael's body up above him it, it oh again but it comes down to michael's being the smaller guy quicker guy using a couple of wrestling moves and Bulldog going back to his strength and his power. It's a really well-told story up to this point, I think. Indeed. And that, and because of what he does there is when Triple H and China wander down. Yes. And this is where it kind of goes a bit sour for me because uh, up to this point, I've really enjoyed this wrestling match. I've said it numerous times. I've enjoyed the story they're telling, the power and pace aspect of it, the bumping uh, and all this. I've enjoyed what they're putting forward. When the guys from DX come out, I mean, this is still, I think we're roughly maybe three or four weeks away from yeah. it being called DX. From it, yeah, from it being mentioned on Raw, the famous scene where they're sat in the, 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 the room backstage on Raw yeah. and they refer to themselves as DX for the first time and so on. Yeah, I think we're a few um, weeks away from that still. I'm not sure if it's Vince or JR, but they say, how, how many insurance policies does one guy need? Yes. Mm. Yes, because Rude has already, before China and Triple H, Rude's already sort of interfered a bit, hasn't he? He's tripped the bulldog and given him a bit of a slap and, and so on. And then Triple H and China. <laughs> a a, 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 a close right hand he gives him. Yeah, yeah, fair enough. 
uh, Triple H and China come out as well, and they're getting involved. And I mean, it's good heel work. It's similar to when you have a tag team and a manager. You can sort of have that one of you in the ring, one of you causing a distraction, the other person coming on the blind side. It's quite simple, old-fashioned heel work from from the numbers viewpoint, but it but it does work so well in getting the heat, doesn't it? It really does. It really yeah. does. Um, and on the outside, you've got um, Bulldog ends up outside and he ends up, you know, fighting off everybody, no problem, and then gets Michaels onto his shoulder uh, to do the running power slam outside the ring, which would have looked amazing. And then something really bizarre. He His foot slips mm, on the yeah. mat and he lands between the thing. I'm not sure if that was intentional. Or that I don't was, know. I couldn't tell if it was intentional or not, but he went down like a sack of spuds. Yeah, and you look at it, it's not like, I mean, I suppose for those who haven't seen the match, I mean, I, I advise people to go back and have a look at this just for the, the crowd and, and you know, the, the performance by Michaels and the Bulldog. I think it's, it's worth checking out. But for those who haven't seen it, to paint a picture, it's not like now where you've got the mat on the floor and then the, the barricade and that's where the crowd are. It's kind of like they're almost on a platform a yard or two up, aren't they? Tiny little step, potentially. And the crowd barrier is slightly off the step so you could almost step off where the the outside of the ring area is to a slightly lower section which is kind of what the bulldog does like you said Matt, he slips and gets his leg by the barrier and whatnot doesn't he and that starts the he's got a knee brace on anyway part of me thinks it was part of the, the script part of what they were doing because michael's then struggling starts working that knee but another part of me thinks it looked so convincing that it was an accident Maybe they called an audible and went with working on the knee. But then the knee's part of the finish. So I don't know. What do you think? It's a possible. Um, bearing in mind you had um, Michael defending uh, referee and you had the three outside interlopers uh, smashing the barrier into his knee. I've got a feeling that that may well... It may well have been called an audible, uh, mm-hmm. but it looks like that was planned, a pre-planned spot for sure. Yeah, so, so that Bulldog, case, Bulldog had the power. Obviously, advantage mm. and even with an outside, they needed the advantage of, of slamming that into him. And then, and if you've got also... that, mm. if that is if that is pre-planned, then how good was it? Because both you and I are sat here going, oh, "Was that an accident? Was it?" Was not? it? That... Yeah, I wish exactly. twenty-five years later, still trying to work mm. that out. Yeah, yeah, really well done, really well done. And then, of I course, mean... he also gets a pedigree. Yes, he does. He does get a pedigree on the outside. Oh, and then the interference kind of escalates a bit more and we have Sean hitting his top rope elbow drop, which I still think is one of the best looking top rope elbows in the business. It, it yes. just always looks so good. It does. He hits it twice though, which is unusual. He normally doesn't do that, but he goes back up and hits a second one. He goes to tune up the band to hit Sweet Chin Music. Doesn't quite come off. He goes for it again, but then the Bulldog again displays that power and turns it into getting ready to hit the running power slam, his finisher, before yeah. Rick Rude distracts the referee and, and causes more carnage with getting interfered interfered with. It's just... It just becomes a bit of a mess then, doesn't it? It's quite chaotic and quite... There's a lot of moving parts, Matt. It is. At this point, the storytelling comes in with um, the leg brace being taken off as well. 
Yes, that's right. Yeah. Yeah. The brace gets literally, he undoes it partially, but can't quite get the end of it undone, can he? So he has to literally just rag it off. <laughs> Indeed. Indeed. Um, and then you've got, and then the figure four gets locked in. Mm-hmm. Um, which is obviously um, not a move which Michaels was known for getting wins with necessarily no. over time. Um, so it wasn't Ric Flair, that side of things. But um, the storytelling here was still quite good in a way because you had China and Triple H and Rick Rude all helping to be pressure at various different points. At one point, Bulldog actually about to reach the ropes and he gets a right hand for his troubles mm-hmm. and then just sent spiraling back into the ring again. Um, yeah, it was, it was very messy. The crowd, though, came alive again here and tried to rally the Bulldog. Then he started banging his elbows on the mat and was trying yep. to ra- ra- rally himself. Um, but it was, uh, this is where it started, as you said, this is where it started to all, the, the, the wheels came off the Bulldog. Yeah, I and mean, we're effectively done, effectively wrapped the finish, aren't we? Because the figure four is on for a long, long time. Yeah. Triple H and China are putting on Michael's arms, as you said. A good three, four minutes at least. It's a long time, Matt. It's a very, very long time, isn't it? Which makes the Bulldog look strong because he's mm. not submitting. I mean, don't get me wrong. It makes the figure four look like shit. But, <laughs> but it's making the Bulldog look very strong because he's not submitting. And we get, the, we get the old Stone Cold spot with Bret Hart, don't we, where he passes he out rather than submits. Indeed. Now, you could have counted him, to be fair, because his shoulders were down for a lot of that. The referee sort of botched that and missed it. He could have given him a three count, as we've seen yeah. in the past. But that's the finish. And the crowd go mental the from crowd, loads of crap in the ring. The crowd they? lost their shit. Yeah. Yeah, there's loads of rubbish coming in the ring. And it's all these plastic water bottles and so on. The part, the the, uh, the post promo from um, from Michael, where he goes and Mike and gives the promo, mm-hmm. and it... Uh, Oh, to say it was uh, oof, it was hard to listen to in places. Well, he, he said uh, he called uh, the English crowd limes. Said uh, he sort of winked and waved and, and ref- uh, said about Diana Hart, didn't he? Because there was a bit of a storyline there where Sean hinted that he'd had, shall we say, some form of relations with Davy's that wife. Very polite. You know, so that, I mean, obviously that's an old throwback that's been done in wrestling for generations and generations, hasn't it? And yeah, and he, he waves the knee brace at them at one stage and throws it out to them during the match as well. And and yeah, and it, she didn't dive in the ring with it, and then, then basically yeah. puts it puts um her in a, puts Shawn Michaels in a headlock with it. Yeah, yeah, and then we get a bit of a, a bit of a mess again because Diana Hart's running the ring and got involved, and then Owen Hart and Bret Hart come out for the save. For the say, and then Sean dances his way down the ring with with the rest of DX, and this bit I did love because the heat is already there. They hate this guy. What they've set out to do and get heat on Sean has worked because they hate him. Yeah, absolutely. And he literally doesn't. He doesn't just walk through the curtain and go, "Yeah, done my job tonight." He turns up that little bit more, and the last thing you see, the last thing you see is him dancing with the belt, and. This was quite funny. He's doing his little dance, his little strut. But as bottles are being thrown at him, he's ducking and diving as he's dancing to avoid the bottles, which was like, which, which was quite quite cocky and clever to me. Very and then he cocky. escapes down the tunnel. And that's effectively the end of the pay-per-view, isn't it? It is. So with regards to the controversy and I suppose the backstage issues, shall we say, um, yes. 
we need to address a few things. We need to address a few, a few well-known, I suppose, statements about this night and the booking. But also, I think we need to look at a few things that aren't necessarily well-known that I've come across in, in my own research. Okay. And Matt, if, if you want, Matt, if you want to jump in and sort of talk about the issues with regards to the Bulldog sister and so on. Yes, well, obviously, Bulldog sister obviously had recovered from cancer, and she was meant to, and she was there supporting her brother, and mm-hmm. she, she he didn't get the match to her, sort of thing. Um, it was, it just felt like, it just felt really weird. It was so weird, wasn't it? Mm. And before the match, you the little bit for the camera, you can see Michael's um, speaking of Vince off, and Vince has muted his microphone, and they're talking. And and he's even he mentioned he run then Sean runs over to the bell to a timekeeper, and says something there. We don't hear what that is either, and I'm like. Oh, Shawn Michaels, you fucking bastard. But then why is that? Why why do you feel that about that moment where he's talking? To I'm just thinking that they're still deciding about the finish. Right, okay. That they're still deciding how he's going to still have the... I've got a feeling that this may have been still undecided fully before they even left Gorilla. Okay. Okay. Now... This is where I'm going to kind of, I suppose. Okay, first of all, everyone knows I'm a big Shawn Michaels fan. However, I want everyone to be fully aware and everyone to show the level of intelligence I hope that people have in knowing that as big a Shawn Michaels fan I am, I also know the guy's a fucking dick. (laughs) I know in this era, especially, he was a piece of shit. But the, the narrative that Brett and the Hearts were the good guys and Michael's Vince and everyone else were the bad guys yeah. is so it's so old fashioned everyone was at fault for so much as we've covered at length in our Montreal episode back in back in the archives people want to go check out that me and Magsy looked at the Montreal screw job in depth and, and covered a great deal of stuff there now you need to remember as well this is before Brett has been told we can't honor your contract hmm. So he's not entering all those contract negotiations or anything there. This is before we've got the issue of Montreal and Brett leaving, Bulldog quitting. Uh, none of this is in, is in existence. You've got to imagine a wrestling world where that doesn't exist. That's I not even that's not even been thought of. I say nobody's mind. That that's does not struggle, exist. That's a struggle, dude. That's a struggle, seeing as how I but know it. So but it's yeah, but it's the, for this night in particular, for these people involved in this scenario... Absolutely. That's the reality. That's the reality of it. Montreal doesn't exist. It hasn't. Absolutely, happened. it's not Absolutely even been right. discussed yet. Now, in theory, what was going to happen was the bulldog was told initially the plan was for him to go over. Okay. Yeah. That that's fact. We know that. That's in Bret Hart's book. That's in I believe in Shawn Michaels' book as well. Uh, and Diana Hart has mentioned it on interviews as well. Bulldog was told you're going over. Okay. Yeah. It's the old adage, plans change. And plans do change all the time. Now, the plan, from what I've heard and what I've read today, was they were going to go back to the UK the following year and try and do a bigger arena. 
the NEC only being 11,000, Vince wasn't overly pleased with this. They wanted to do a bigger show in a bigger arena. I don't know where they had in mind. I don't know. I'm not sure. Hello, everybody. Around this time on the live, when me and Matt were discussing all the stuff that you're currently listening to, I lost my shit because in my head, my internet provider had once again let me down. So I got full of rage, I was very cross, I was sweary, I was shouty. None of that was witnessed on the live recording because I got disconnected. So I was no longer there. So fair play to Matt, who held the fort down on his own for a short time. The, the Those moments and the outtakes and the stuff that is removed from the audio version are going to be tagged on to the end of the podcast. And fair play to Mr. Matt Willis for carrying on the way he did. However, it turns out it was not the issue with my internet provider. My internet provider, for once upon a time, was not the problem. I had unplugged a cable by accident with my foot as I was talking, and it shut everything down. So... I apologise to Mr. Matt Willis. I apologise to everyone who was watching the live. I apologise to everyone who's now listening to the audio stroke podcast version and thinking that there's an issue internet-wise and so on. I do not apologise to Virgin Media because they're pieces of shit and caused me issues in the past. So, fuck them. However, that is the scenario. That's where we're at. Hopefully, the rest of the show still flows okay for you all who are tuning in now on the audio stroke podcast version, and hopefully you still carry on enjoying Chain Wrestling Podcast, and again, apologies, ah, yes, I'm a dickhead with big feet. Sorry again, bye-bye. Apologies to everybody. That was fucking annoying. I don't know what the hell's going on with that shit. It doesn't apparently. Apparently, well, apparently one of the coal-fired laptops in existence, apparently. Nah, see, that's the thing. My laptop's fine. I don't know why this happens every now and again. It just clicks off and it, oh, it does my freaking head in. It does my head in. It never happens to uh, another fucker in my house. Absolutely. Uh, you were talking about arenas, uh, about the size of the arenas. Yeah, yeah. They were Apparently there were plans to come back the following year. You know, there are plans to come back the following year and work in a bigger arena. Uh, nothing had been booked, confirmed, etc., etc. but that was the plan. And the Bulldog was going to headline that event. Now, there was also the plan for Michaels and Sean to go to WrestleMania for the world title again. That was, yeah. again, on the, on the books. The, I think it was the day of the show, they sat down to talk about this this contest. Sean said, why don't we have me go over? Think of the heat it will draw. You know, and they spoke about various scenarios about how it would happen and so on. The Bulldog agreed to this, said yes, because the idea was they were going to have the comeback match the following year in a bigger arena where Bulldog will get his win back and win the European Championship back, or win a championship back, or just beach whatever, after having overcome the adversary of what happened here. Now, 
Again, that's an old adage in wrestling. You lose the first one, you win the second one, and so on. Courses. That was apparently in, in the plans. That was penciled in to happen. Again, nothing yeah. confirmed, nothing was good for concrete, but that was what was discussed. The Bulldog agreed to this, thinking of the bigger payday, the bigger reaction from the crowd, and Absolutely. so on. Absolutely. You um, would, wouldn't you? You would, wouldn't yeah, you? Yeah, of course. Of course you would. Of course you would. Now, the issue you've got is Montreal happened. Mm-hmm. And by then, the Bulldog quit. So the big comeback match scheduled for whatever it was didn't happen. Now, I can understand how people can look at it and go, well, Michael's politicked his way to a win. And yes, of course he did. He sat down and said, put me over. I don't lie down for anyone. You know, of course he did. And he's a dickhead. And that's what he did. That was his behavior. However, the Bulldog did agree to this finish. The finish was done in a way, or so, so I've read and listened to other people talk about it. The, Bulldog, the finish was done in a way to make the Bulldog look strong for a rematch and get more heat on Sean for a rematch and have Sean, I suppose, going on to face Brett at some stage and, and so on and so forth. The issue that I have with the whole the whole situation with his his sister, Sean, sorry, Bulldog had been telling all the national press he's dedicating this match to his sister. He was told to yeah. stop doing that. He was told, "Don't do that because things may change." Brett told him, "Don't do that." But the Bulldog carried on telling the local, or the national media, sorry, in the UK, he was going to win for his sister, the newspapers and so on. The promo with JR was shot days in advance. Now, I'm of the belief that if they've changed the booking, they shouldn't have aired that promo. I agree. That's, that's, that's a screw up on their part completely. He's then dedicated in the commentary. It. Yeah, exactly. Now, Brett has an issue in his book. He says that the finish was concocted in such a way to make Brett himself and Owen look weak. There's a quote in his book. There's no mention of the Bulldog. He says it's done in a way to make them look stupid because they give, they run in so late. However, you look at the order of the match and how the finish went. DX continuing to beat the Bulldog up bought in Diana Hart first, which played into the storyline thing he had with Michaels and Diana Hart and so on. Then the Hearts came out and Brett's gripe, again, Brett's, Brett's gripe was not about anything to do with the Bulldog. Brett's gripe was Owen and I were made to look foolish for not coming and making the save sooner. Mm. It's not a great situation. It's not a great it- environment to be working in. There's a lot of people at fault, but this, again, this whole adage of Vince is the bad guy, Sean is the bad guy, and the Hart family are, you know, the good guys, so to speak, and it being that clear-cut is not accurate in any way, shape, or form. Yeah, I mean, yes, Sean politicked his way to a win, of course. However, the Bulldog agreed to it. The Bulldog went along with it. The Bulldog shouldn't have been telling people, I'm dedicating this win, dedicating this match to my to my sister, yeah. To be fair, he's still, he's, he's, if that is the case, he's still wrestled a great match and told a great story. In yeah. that case, then dedicating that performance to her is not a bad thing. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. It's, it's messy, though. 
Yeah, I mean, I'll, I'll quote from the book here. I've got it right in front of me. Michaels said to the creative team, and this is again from from Shawn Michaels' book, Heartbreak and Triumph. If you want to get me some heat, have me screw him over the title in his hometown. The booking team loved the idea. Davey Boy was so over in England and he never lost there. Screwing out of the title in front of his hometown fans was good as a great business decision because it would generate a ton of heat for the return match that we were planning. Davey never once expressed to us he was upset with our plans. He wasn't the kind of guy who would ever say that to your face, but he would do it behind your back. He wasn't mean, but that was just the way he was brought up in the business. You bury guys behind their back. And it's my understanding that Brett really got to him and wound him up about losing in his hometown. For Brett, the important thing was not about what was right for business, but about looking like the good guy in the eyes of the wrestling industry. Now, I think that says a lot because there is a great deal of Brett making himself look like the good guy in these scenarios and Sean always coming out the villain. I'm going to throw back to our Montreal episode and say there is no good guy in these scenarios. Everyone is in the wrong and everything can be handled one hell of a lot better. Yeah, absolutely. You know, it's not the moment you start bringing in cancer survivors and little sisters and so on. I think it's easy to get that emotion clouds what you actually could break him down to. And it's a wrestling business. Davey boys ran his mouth in the media and said things he shouldn't have to family members, promising them a win, which wasn't guaranteed. Plans change all the time. That's the way it is, you know? Mm. Scottish Day, I don't know if to attack this point, no, but Scottish Day is saying, HPK bearing Smith in his book, bad cop moment. Well played, sir. Mm-hmm. Did Graham need your account to do that one? Excellent. Yeah, again, I mean, the, the, Sean's book is fascinating because he's a really interesting character because he was a dickhead for so long. Yeah. You know? It'd be easy to read a book and about somebody being Mr. Nice all the time. It's, it's very easy, I think, to... In in your own story, in your own history, you're always the good guy. Oh no, you know. It, oh no. In a lot of situations, you know, a lot of people when they write their book or they write stories and so on, it takes a great deal for a person, I think, to accept they're in the wrong. And I get that impression with Brett a lot. He doesn't accept his part in this scenario, and I think because of what was coming the build-up and so on. Obviously, Montreal was months away. In, in this in this time frame here, this particular night, it doesn't exist. But other things have happened in the build-up to this. There's the whole thing about Brett and the Undertaker not being on the poster and all that sort of stuff. I just think maybe if you, li- if you read Brett's book, you read Sean's book, you read other articles online, you listen to Diana Hart when she's done interviews. I think it's for Inside the Ropes, maybe she did one for. Yeah. She says that a lot of people were very vocal around around the Bulldog and the Hart family about him losing in his hometown. But ultimately, I can see it in this instance being the best for business if there was a return match planned. But again, that's a big if. So big that's just, if, that's just my thoughts possible. on it, mate. It is possible, though, for sure. Yeah. So then, where do we go then? Where, where's your rating for this one, my friend? Where are we going rating-wise? Out of 10, what do you think? I mean, I'm, and again, we're, we're looking at the contest, not the nonsense behind the scenes. Okay, well, taking that to one side and putting it over there, locking it away, handcuffing it, blindfolding it, and saying, you know, we'll do you later sort of thing. Do that to one side, I would say 
in terms of storytelling, in terms of selling, in terms of what the match was, a good seven out of ten. Yeah, okay. Yeah, I've got seven and a half written down here. So yeah, that's a good shape. Yeah, just a little bit because I can't work out if it was a, if it was an actual in if it was meant to be a slip or not. Yeah, and I think once I know it is eight and eight for me, but I don't know if it's seven. Uh, see, okay. That's on me. Okay, so that doesn't change it for me. That doesn't change it for me because I like it. Does that it massively affects the angle? Well, I suppose. I mean, if it if it's not part of what they were planning, the fact that they worked it into the match so well. That's why. That's why. If it was, if it wasn't, if it wasn't intentional, then calling an audible like that gets an eight for me. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, we again we read in the books that uh, we, I've got here, Brett's book, Sean's book, and so on about this night. The figure four with Bulldog passing out and the interference was always going to be the finish. So I assume the leg thing was written into it as well. I assume. I guess we'll, we'll never we'll never really know because Bulldog's not here anymore. Yeah, there we go. There we go. Yeah, so seven and a half for me. Uh, yeah, an enjoyable match, mate. Yeah, an enjoyable match. A lot going on. I implore people to to do your own research into that because I was halfway through explaining stuff and my internet let me down. So I deeply apologise if that sort of you know broke my stride as I was trying to explain things and I didn't get maybe I didn't get the points across I wanted to get across. I had a segment from Brett's book I wanted to read as well, but I got one eye on the time and we lost a few minutes because of my shitty internet. So I hugely apologise for that. Maybe uh, I'll, I'll I'll do something for the audio version or something. We'll, we'll see how it goes. But yeah, I implore you to do your own your own research into this night it's a very i suppose it's quite a small footnote in the build up to montreal but it has its influences in the it's build up to montreal there, isn't it yeah exactly where do we go next matt where do you want to take the cwf next week my friend where are you I've, linking to i've got two choices here interesting because last time i went with match type and as I would like, I can't link to it through this. Okay. Um, so I'm going to uh, go to... Um, I'm going to go forward two years to Unforgiven. Okay. And I'm going to use the fact that this was the British Bulldog in a WWF title match. In the six pack challenge at Unforgiven. Okay. British Bulldog versus Triple H versus Big Show versus Kane versus Mankind versus The Rock with Stone Cold Steve Austin as special guest enforcer with the entire WF refereeing um, faction on strike. Oh, yeah. I remember that. I know the rest went on strike. Yeah. It was ridiculous. It was absolutely, it was brilliant. Austin was on commentary and on and special force for this. Uh, of course, it was all came about because uh, it was always going to happen. But just before this, of course, Triple H lost the WWF title to Vince McMahon, hmm. and then he surrendered the championship, and it was up for grabs in this match. Yes, that, that's a good match. I haven't seen that in a long time, you know. You know, I said that long. Six pack challenge, Unforgiven '99. The this, Bulldog, obviously, being your link to that match. Indeed, this has a lot of I have a lot of love for this match because this this event was one of a few events I watched over and over because my friends who introduced me to wrestling only had this video and King of the Ring '99. Okay, so I saw this match a lot. <laughs> 
no, that's good. I, I get that. I get that. Like the video tapes that you watch over and over again when you're a kid. Yeah, totally. Yeah. Totally on board. Yeah, yours are Trish Stratus, mine were wrestling. <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> uh, my link is using the Bulldog as well, actually. Well, I suppose you can use Brett because Brett was there as well and Owen was there as well and so on. But the Bulldog is the main link. And I'm going to jump back to In Your House 16, a match that the Bulldog was involved in there. Uh, in Your House 16 was Canadian Stampede. And we had a 10-man tag as the main event. And we had one of the most raucous, what? crazy, supportive hometown crowds going. We have the Hart Foundation of Bret Hart, Brian Pillman, British Bulldog, Jim Neidhart and Owen Hart. And they face the team of Ken Shamrock, Goldust, Legion of Doom and Stone Cold Steve Austin. And it was insane and then the whole heart family at ringside and so on the, yeah the main event of in your house 16 canadian stampede an incredibly passionate canadian crowd roaring the heart foundation when the heart foundation were heels in america mind super over baby faces in canada <laughs> against, against the team i suppose effectively captained by steve austin who's fast becoming the stone cold character we went on to, we went on to love but yeah there we go. That's my selection. So those are your options for next week. The poll will be up on Twitter sometime after the audio version comes out on Wednesday. So you'll have, I suppose, two matches, two multi-man matches, I suppose, Matt. You have a six-pack challenge from Unforgiven 99 for the WWF title. Just run through the competitors one more time for me, Matt. The competitors were Triple H, The Rock, The Big Show, Kane, the British Bulldog and Mankind. There we go. A great array of talent there. Or we have the 10-man tag main event from In Your House 16 Canadian Stampede. The Hart Foundation of Bret Hart, Brian Pillman, British Bulldog, Jim Lloyd Hart and Owen Hart facing Ken Shamrock, Goldust, The Legion of Doom and Stone Cold Steve Austin and one of the wildest crowds I've ever seen on television. But yeah, those are your two choices. Matt... Do you want to let everybody know whereabouts they can find you online and all the shows you're involved in, my friend? Well, you can find me just here at Manitak UK. You can find me on VGM uh, with a, a plethora of material there. You can find me here doing Watch Long Radio Techers and occasionally subbing for people when I'm needed. Um, usually, like, always listening to like, the Who Pod, of course, which we'll get to in a moment, I'm sure. Uh, but also, of course, don't forget to follow Radio Techers directly. But like, share, subscribe here, of course, because we are so close to hitting the uh, the hundred subscribers thing. We get our own personal YouTube URL that you can get to see Radio Techers stuff like chain wrestling so much faster. There we go. There we go. That is very true. Very true. At Radio Techers, subscribe on the Twitter, subscribe on the YouTube, follow all the social medias, get involved there. Brilliant stuff. And I think you broke up a little touch my end, Matt. So Matt's Twitter is at the Matt Attack UK. Chuck him a follow there. All the links to his shows are shared there as well, Matt, aren't they? Absolutely. Absolutely. And of course, we should put it as well as of course, follow his lordship, Ben Viney, and follow his lordship at Podfather Mags and on TikTok at Mags All Pods. There we go. There we go. And you can find me on Twitter at SJP words and the group you need on the old book of face. If that is what you prefer is SJP, all the shows and info and by following, liking, whatever you want to do to those, you can get links to all the stuff I do. I mean, there's, 
there's something I'm involved in coming out pretty much every day of the working week at the moment. On a Monday, you have Chain Wrestling Live here. On a Tuesday, you have, oh, bloody hell, what's Tuesday? The Doctor Who pod on a Tuesday with Dan Griffin. Brilliant stuff there. Coming to the end of season one, but I'm loving recording it. Season two, we've got plans already, guests coming on, all sorts of stuff going on there. Really looking forward to getting more people involved in that. Wednesdays, we have the chain wrestling podcast version coming out which is i try to make it a little bit different to the live version by adding sound effects and music and so on i pre- i know some people prefer this some people prefer the, the, the audio version so i appreciate that thursday nitro nights with scottish danny looking back at wcw one show at a time and on friday just started now season two of the waiting room with our good buddy benny mack Looking back at Quantum Leap, one show at a time. At SJP Words on Twitter and SJP, all the shows and info on Facebook. You can get info on all of that stuff there. But most importantly, you can follow this show at Chain underscore Wrestling on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, and that TikTok thingamy. Ah, there we go. After internet frustrations... Another show in the bag, Matt. Thank you so, so much for stepping in again this evening. I have hugely, hugely enjoyed your company. Pleasure, as always, is always yours. <laughs> and I guess I'm off now to watch the Montreal Screwjob again and screw up my TV, Brett Screwed Brett, because we know that's the truth. I'll see you all again next week. Cheers, Matt. We're out of here. Allons-y. Vince wasn't overly pleased with this they wanted to do a bigger show in a bigger arena I don't know where they had in mind I don't know I'm not sure but this is what they're is my internet gone am I back you're here you're here where did I get to before I disappeared you literally said um 
the, what you think happened was. Yeah, you break up. Arena. Wine, I'm you talk about arena. Arenas, mate. P. Oh, can everyone hear me? Okay. Can everyone yeah, hear Max? Good. Okay. You're good. You're good. Yeah, you're breaking up loads my end, Matt, so I can't I can't hear if I'm okay or not. <laughs> it's difficult for me him going at, at that precise moment. <laughs> oh, thanks, though. You leave me hanging so though, are you? Oh, good moment. Put plug your cable back in, buddy. You're good. Um, let's just jump into the chat while we're waiting for uh, for Sai to come back up. Um, um Dan Griffin saying about um, grabbing a cuppa, stuck in your blanket. It's story time with Matt and Sai. Um, thank you for that. Dan Griffin saying straight into the into saltiness. Absolutely, it could be a bit salty with Magsy, uh, not Magsy not around. Uh, we have um, Sai will be back with momentarily, hopefully. Um, Scottish Danny saying uh, HBK was so unprofessional. He absolutely was. He 100% was. Um, it's not a problem about that. <laughs> um, Graham, uh, Dan was saying about the Devil's Advocate. Yeah, absolutely. You played Devil's Advocate by all means. I'm here. It's fine. Uh, and um, also Virgin Media shaking fist with this guy. Um, <laughs> Sharon in the chat is saying that spinning is mesmerizing. Yeah, absolutely. Sorry, put another few quid in the meter. <laughs> Absolutely. Um, there's not much chat, dude. We shut up to this point. It's a rare thing when people can shut up on that side of things. While we're waiting for Sai to quickly get back on, uh, should only be a few moments, hopefully. Um, I'm just going to quickly. Uh, uh, oh, he is perfect timing. He had now rejoined us. Um, I'm going to bring him back into the stream. Here he comes. How are you, sir? Yeah. There you are. Nope, you press it. You press it. There you go. There we go. There we go. Apologies to everybody. That was fucking annoying. I don't know what the hell's going on with that shit. It doesn't happen. Apparently, well, apparently, one of the coal-fired laptops in existence. Apparently. Nah, see, that's the thing. My laptop's fine. I don't know why this happens every now and again. It just clicks off, and it oh, it does my freaking head. In. It does my head. It never happens to uh, anyone. Fucker in my house. Oh dear, dear, dear. 